Welcome back into another episode of the Owen Show, episode 12, 12. question mark? Yes, sir, That's yep. right, yeah. Yeah. Had a week off last week, kind of just going to throw the numbers in a loop, of course. Um, had a couple things going on in my yeah, life. Yeah, had a, had a small, a mini Owen. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, my son was born last week on Monday, so kind of threw the week in a loop, but we're back, episode 12, we're going to talk about... I love how you breezed over that, like that's such a special... It's a moment. minor thing, yeah. <laughs> It was a little deal. I just yeah. had a child. Yeah, know. I just had a kid. Yeah, well, like be, I said. To be fair, you did not actually physically no. birth the child. I so. did not. I that, definitely did. Caitlin took it like a champ, dude. I'm telling you, she's something else. Bouncing around, ready to go. But yeah, if um, you see Owen, tell him congratulations. Wish him all. The, wish him all the best with all of that. So yeah. If we read a couple more ads, just know that's why we're trying to pay for diapers. <laughs> I gotta put. Yeah, I gotta put some extra money on the table. Right? <laughs> so, uh, into our fan questions for this week. Our first one is, where will Pete Carroll coach next year, and where will Russell Wilson play next year? And this so. is from, from Reed, someone. From Reed? Yep. yep. Okay. This is a Reed question here. Um, part one, Pete Carroll. Well, I think part one and part two go together. I think one of two things will happen this offseason in Seattle. Either Russell Wilson won't be there, and Pete Carroll will be, or vice versa. So you, do you think there's a world where they'll both be there next year? There's, I don't think that'll happen. Do you I think, think there's a world where neither of them are there next year? No. So what I think will happen, what, what I think is the realistic situation is it, what I think, sh- at least what I think should happen and what I think will happen too is Seattle ownership, uh, I, can't, I can't remember who it is because John Snyder died, but I can't either. Who, whoever owns the team now will have to sit down with Russell Wilson and say, do you want to be here? And if the answer is yes, but not with Pete Carroll, not with Pete Carroll, which I think is how he feels, then you get rid of Pete Carroll. But if he goes, there's no way that I'm staying here in the future, yada yada, I want out. Then you keep Pete Carroll and get rid of Russell because if Russell doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, there's no reason to try to. But in my mind, Russell Wilson is a dominant enough player, good enough player that you'll move on from Pete Carroll's old too. He's in his seventies. You'll move on from Pete Carroll to keep Russell Wilson. Yeah, 100%. It's one of those things where, like, I don't know, because at that point, obviously, if you're trading Russell Wilson, we're blowing the team up, I would mm-hmm. imagine, right? You would have to, yeah. I, unless you're getting a quarterback back that you feel like you could truly build. Because the, the team's really not they're, – they're plagued by the exact same issues that they've had the last four years. They can't put an offensive line together, and for some reason they refuse to hold on to anybody not named Bobby Wagner defensively. And they won't add any outside of Jamal Adams. They they haven't really added anything through yeah. free agency or trades. They they've done the Rams method with little to no success. Where yeah. every year it's felt like okay, they give up two first they're round picks. Yeah, they're buying in, and you're like, Jamal Adams was not worth what they gave up. No, I think if their defense was put together and ready to play, I think. Yes, like he—that's the—that is the last piece of the puzzle. That, Getting that, two first rounders for Jamal Adams is like this completes the puzzle. Now we're ready. Not they—they they sent two first rounders out, and he was like, "Here's piece number two. He's kind of one because Bobby Wagner's thirty-four. But what what they thought they were doing was the Jalen Ramsey trade for the Rams a couple years ago, or the Minka Fitzpatrick trade for the Steelers, mm-hmm. where they're like, "This is the this is the centerpiece here." that's then going to be able to turn our defense up and take it to another level. Yeah. And, boy, that, that just didn't happen. The, I like Jamal Adams. I, I think like I do think he gets some, some unnecessary hate at the end of the day. 
But the bottom line is he doesn't take your defense to another level. You you traded for Bobby Wagner except he plays for safety. He plays he's five six years younger and he plays safety. That's well, he, what the, he the, adds no new dimension to your defense. The days of the box safety are somewhat numbered. I don't want to say that they don't. They just don't hold the value that they used to hold. You have to have a good running mate next to him. The problem is Quandre Diggs plays somewhat similarly. I bet you if you pulled every team in the NFL and said, would you rather have a really real a uh, uh, a top three strong safety or top three outside linebacker, I guarantee you every team has taken that outside linebacker. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right. Like, would you, you would much rather have somebody who can just rush the pass from up front than have to take someone out of coverage. You know what I mean? And that's, and that ultimately, that's Jamal Adams' biggest flaw is he can't, he can't play deep. You know what I mean? Even as I a. Would- I think they just need to bite the bullet and just put him in the box. Stop playing him at safety. Just, just play him at linebacker. I don't know if they run a three-four or four-three, but if they run a three-four, I'm putting him at middle linebacker right next to Bobby Wagner. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, I dare you to throw in the middle of the numbers on that field because somebody's going to get their helmet knocked off. Yeah, <laughs> like that is definitely the hardest hitting pair of middle linebackers the, you could put together. Like the the beautiful thing is sometimes players were great in their era because the era allowed them to. I think if Ed Reed played today. I think he wouldn't be as memorable as he was back then. I don't think he'd be as memorable, but the thing about Ed Reed that was so beautiful is that he could do both. He like, was pretty good in coverage. That's you, true. I'm, yeah, I'm selling him short there. I think you are a little bit because yeah. that's the thing. Is like he fair. he played free and strong because it just depended on the running mate. They're He's like, kind of like Troy Polamalu too, where he cut it. He kind of flexed in the both. You can put him into the box and he'll hit. He'll hit somebody as long as you have a decent coverage guy to put the free safety. Yeah, spot. that's fair. Okay, I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have said that. I'll, I'll take that back. I'm trying to think of another guy. Maybe like a was Sean Taylor that good in coverage back in the day? I didn't get to watch him in his prime. I don't know. I didn't either. I don't know how old you think I am, but I'm I don't. Not that old. I don't know how Sean Taylor, how old Sean Taylor was. Sean, back in I the mean, day. The, and the other thing with the big hitters now is it's so hard to hit anyone. Like you know what I mean? That you can't get the big hits that you used to be able to get. I think Landon Collins would have been a, a top ten safety way back in the day. Not yeah. way back, like 10, 15 years ago. Years ago, yeah. Like, would Cam Chancellor work in today's league? Probably not. Not as it's, well as he did. He looks a lot like... He played at the very tel- tail end of when that style of safety And again, was. it worked because he had the best secondary in football around him. Yeah, that's true. You, you have, you he, have Richard Sherman. He worked well yeah. because Earl Thomas played next to him. Right. When, like I said, if they went out and got... Devin McCourty or someone like a, a true coverage free safety and stack next to him, I think he's going to look like a million dollars. I think he looks yeah. like he's worth every bit, but without the running mate, he's not a guy that's going to carry you. Uh, yeah, that, that's, I mean, yeah, but we're getting way off. I was about to, I was like, we're, we're way off track here. We're way off track here, but yeah, I, I think realistically, and here's the thing with Pete Carroll, that's going to be tough for how old he is. I got to look this up. How old he is. He's at least 65. If not um, older, I think for where he's at, it's not like a team that's developing is going to take him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's seventy years old exactly. I don't. Yeah. See, I don't know if I would trust him with a rebuild. If so, I sent exactly. out Russell Wilson and I blew the team up, I don't know if I'm going to keep Pete Carroll at that what, point. What team is that's rebuilding? You know, the, it's not like the Bears are going to hire him. Mm-hmm. Why would Why would you? I think if if he gets fired, his next head coaching job is in college. I think. I think so. Which is obviously not going to be USC at this point. You think he'll go back to that style? I don't think he will. I think think he'll just retire. The schedule? I think so, too. I mean, I could see him him doing one of those things where it's like, 
oh and we mutually parted ways or pete decided to retire and yeah. it was like they they went to him and they you know as they should and the guy won him a super bowl you go to him, you say, one, one. you say, listen, you want to be fired or you want to retire? And he'll be like, oh, I'll retire. And then, you know what I mean? So yeah. it looks better. But I, I think Pete Carroll is out. The problem with trading Russell Wilson is a couple of things. Is The reason that I, I, I think it's more realistic that Pete Carroll's gone and Russell Wilson stays. I agree. It's a much easier move to have your head coach retire than trade a superstar than quarterback. Than trade a superstar quarterback. And the question is, is this offseason with quarterbacks is Russell, if Russell Wilson's on the market – if Aaron Rodgers is on the market, Deshaun if Watson. Deshaun Watson's on the market, what whoever the first domino to fall is sets that market. I think Deshaun Watson will get the most because he's the youngest, but I think Russell Wilson and an Aaron Rodgers package is going to be about the same. I know uh, Russell Wilson's six years or four years younger than him, a couple years younger than him. couple. I think he's like 30. and Two. 32. Russell Wilson's 32. Aaron Rodgers is... 36, I think. He can't be that old, right? Oh, I think he is. I'll look up Russell Wilson. You look up Aaron Rodgers. Okay. But <laughs> but the point being is I think Aaron Rodgers' talent is higher than that of um, that of Russell Wilson's. So I would rather take, you know, even though you get a couple more years with Russell Wilson, it's 33. Yeah. How old? Did I say I was going to look up Aaron Rodgers? I swear you did, but maybe well, not. I'll let the fans decide. <laughs> Because I definitely looked up Aaron Rodgers. 38. Holy 38. cow. Yeah. No. Did so not get, know you that. You get five extra years of Russell Wilson, but I think Aaron Rodgers is that much better of a quarterback. Gives you a more immediate chance to win. So I think their trade packages will be about the same. So it's really tough to let that first domino fall to kind yeah. of see what that market's going to look like. Agreed, yeah. So uh, I don't know. For Pete Carroll, at 70 years old, I don't know. I can't imagine him taking an OC job. No. It's going to have to be an extremely high-end OC job for him to He's take. He's a defensive coordinator Is guy. he a defensive coordinator? Yeah, he's defense. Fair enough. DC. Still, it'd have to be a very high-end DC spot. And yeah. I don't I don't think it'll happen. I think he'll either retire. Like, I'd say he's, he would, it'd be like the Rams. Like, there's, it better be a good defense with a, a young offensive-minded head coach. I, I don't think he works outside of being a head coach. I really I don't. would agree. I think he's too big of a name to be a coordinator. I wouldn't surprise me if Pete Carroll's agent isn't already putting out feelers right now to see if an NFL team, like, hey, you might have an opening. Would you be interested in Pete? Would he get an interview? You know what I mean? I think that might Would he get have, an interview, yeah. That might affect his decision on whether he retires or, like, because if, if he's getting all no's, like, no, we wouldn't even interview Pete Carroll, like, then he might just retire. But if he thinks he can get a job, they might mutually part ways or they might fire him. I think yeah. one of the two. Yeah, I definitely think him being gone at the end of the year is much more likely than Russell Wilson being gone. I, yeah, I think so. Okay, let's talk about college football predictions and reactions. Um, coming off uh, off of a championship, championship weekend. weekend. To be honest with you, most disappointing game I don't. At the end of the day, Oklahoma State. I don't think cost themselves anything by losing that Big Twelve game because I don't think they get in, even if they win. It would have taken Georgia winning for them to for get them in. to even have a shot. So I don't think it cost them anything. Same thing for Notre Dame. It's just one of those things where, like, you really like to put your destiny. In, your destiny was in your hands, mm-hmm. and you'd like to at least to hand it off to somebody else than lose it. You know, yeah, just lose it outright. Yeah. So I think I think the biggest takeaways for me was. Damn, did Bama look good? I knew it. Like everyone kind of felt like it was going to happen. 
Bryce Young just won himself the Heisman, I think, because of last weekend's performance. Because there's no other standouts. I no. think me and Matt were talking about this yesterday, like, and Shay was talking about it. Like, there's, I think it's one of the first years in a while where, like, there is, you have your finalists, but there's no, like, here's your finalists, but this is the winner. You yeah. Know? Like, here's your standout. Right. People have said that, you know how they normally invite four, that they, they should probably invite, like, six guys this year because there's going to be six people that are all kind of in that yeah. realm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think they got it right. This would have been the four. I I mean. It would have I mean, been the four I picked. It wouldn't have been the four I picked. I don't think. I don't know how I feel about Cincinnati. I think it's time we let a 12-0 team that hasn't played anybody in and see how it goes. Because the alternative is Notre Dame, and I've seen how that that I've seen how that story well, ends. Well, and here's the thing: is I don't, and, and I think this is the year to do it too, because you can't justify putting Notre Dame in over Cincinnati because Cincinnati went and whomped on. They Notre went, Dame. yeah, they went and and also they just played a football game last weekend. Notre Dame didn't. Yeah, that is my always my number one thing. It's like so they'll be in the ACC in a couple years. Or yeah, something. well, I don't know how it hasn't happened, and I think it should kill them at the end of the year if they're not top four to start. Like. You don't play the last yeah. week of college football. That should hurt you in the long run. Notre Dame is always going to be an outlier, and that's and that's ultimately why Brian Kelly left. Is it's so hard to get into that school to begin with, and then now you're trying to recruit D one level athletes to come there yeah. on top of it. Yeah. So not only are you recruiting against all these other schools, now your pool size has been I don't know how small it cuts it, but it half, definitely cuts it down. Yeah, it cuts it maybe in half of of kids that'll qualify to get into Notre Dame, but. I, I think they got it right. As far as predictions go, I, I mean, I don't think Al, I don't think Alabama Cincinnati is going to be close. I don't think so either. I think I want it to be, but I think it'll be close for maybe like a quarter and a half. Like yeah, halfway through the second, it'll be like ten seven, and then Alabama's going to open up the arsenal, and it's going to be downhill from there. I think Georgia and Michigan is going to be a good game. I think it might be a great game, honestly. Who do you think wins? That's tough. I want to say Michigan. As somebody who's been and seen Michigan play. I think Michigan takes that game. I think Georgia is, has been wildly overrated. My problem is is I haven't seen Kirby Smart win a game when, when it matters. Win the big game. Win, a big game. Win a big game. Like he, His teams are always up there, but when he, whenever he plays Alabama, they've got his number somehow. And... It's tough to sit there and go, oh, well, this is the year. Like, it's almost like he's from Saban's coaching tree. Right. <laughs> like he exactly. knows what he's doing. Yeah. So it, for me, it's tough to sit here and like be like, oh, I like the Georgia team. I think Georgia's team is still the best team in the country. I just think I can't trust Kirby Smart. Like I have yet to see him like it was that in Kirby Smart and Jim Harbaugh were in the same situation like Two three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then Jim Harbaugh went out and won. Beat Jim Ohio Harbaugh State. beat Ohio State, yeah. 100%. And the other difference is, is Jim Harbaugh is coaching a Super Bowl, so I kind of know he could hang. It's just like, could he hang at the college level? Well, he finally beat Ohio State, so now I know he's like legit on the college level. Yeah. So I, I want to say I'm going to say Michigan. I think Michigan Alabama is your championship game. Georgia, yeah, Georgia Alabama feel felt a lot like the World Series did this year, where I'm like Georgia is the better team on paper, like 100. percent Right. The the Dodgers have a better roster, but. That just it Michigan's playing play. well, and so are the Braves. So yeah. I mean, it's hard to bet against them in the long run. I I like their pass rush for Michigan. I think it's like I think I, I the problem is, and I and this is the thing I worry about, and that's the New Year's Eve bowl game. 
is that's going to be a low-scoring game. Like, that's too stout. Like, that might be, like, Georgia's probably the best defense in the country, and Michigan's probably top five, top ten. Two, three, four, yeah, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah, 100%. I don't know. It's going to be I, – I really would love to see an Alabama-Michigan I think that would be the best. That would be a really good ratings game. I, I don't want to see Alabama-Georgia again. No. Because I'll see it. Like, the thing is, is like I could get over that I just saw it last weekend. I'll, I could get over that fact. But I'm going to see it next year in the SEC title game. I'll see it in the, you know, like, right. I'm going to see that game multiple more times on the line. And I'm, I'm happy Cincinnati made it. I think they deserved it. I think, like, yeah. it's just one of those things where, like, again, now if Notre Dame has a championship game there in the AA, the ACC, and they go beat Pitt. Now now there's an argument to be had, but not playing a game on championship weekend costs them a playoff spot this week. Because yeah. they were looking for every reason to take Cincinnati out. Everybody right. was. So if they go out and they beat Pitt by a sizable margin... I don't think it gets them in. I still think I don't. I wouldn't want them in, but... I, I still think it's impossible to put them in over Cincinnati, especially since Cincinnati beat them. The... The thing that's tough for me, and it's hard for me to even say this, I think if Cincinnati keeps the game within two scores, huge victory. Mm. If it's if against it's, Alabama, yeah, hundred percent. If it's forty-eight to thirty-five, you think they have a better chance? Do you think they would have had a better chance against Georgia in the long run? I don't. I don't. I, I look at all three of those. I look at the top four, and I go, man, I don't see Cincinnati beating. Any of them? Any of them. The thing is, if Georgia would have won, they probably would have went to three, and Notre Dame would have been at four, so they would have played Michigan instead. instead. I, don't, I don't know if they win that game either. I think I think the best two teams that I want to see in this is the Michigan-Alabama one, and that maybe that's why I'm predicting it is because that's just what I want to see. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Harbaugh, Saban. It, they're that's, so That's good. a story, yeah, yeah. 100% it's a story. Yeah. I'm excited to see that how it unfolds. College football has been exciting. I cannot wait until I can talk about the top six teams and the top eight teams. Yeah. Hopefully the expansion happens I, soon. I, I think it'll be healthy for them to expand. I really do. Um, I've been a big proponent of doing an odd number, so not eight, do six, ten, where two teams get a buy. Don't give a multiple of four. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. So I, I think I think otherwise it feels pointless to be like the best team in the country. That's uh, true. You want it, You want people to fight for that one seed. You know, because I mean? Alabama now they have Cincy. Where, as if right Georgia won, they're playing Notre Dame probably. Yeah, they're at one. Notre Dame's at four. Cincy and Michigan square off. Yeah. So I I would agree. And again, it's just it's always surprising because like when I like college football, like they like to make money. That is what college football is about. Yeah. They love making money. So the fact that. Literally every college football fan and even non just football fans in general are like, hey, we'd like to get two extra games in and you make this a sixteen playoff and they're like, Nah, we don't like making money. I, like <laughs> here's the thing that I've never understood about it is they're like, Oh, we don't want to play that many games or we don't want to devalue the regular season games. You're like, What are you what are you talking about? What is that that makes no sense? If, I, what is the argument if, here? If anything so so think about it from this standpoint, right? So Let's pretend Oklahoma State won. And even if they win, I still don't think they get in with the way it's constructed. Notre Dame's in the same spot. So now you have two extra big fan bases that are carrying in, are going to continue to care. The games are still going to continue to matter. And that that Big 12 championship game would have meant more now. 
because even if they they know in that case scenario if it's eight teams or ten teams oklahoma state knows if they win they're in they completely control their own destiny at Mm. that point and it gives the possibility of maybe you don't win your your conference but you finish second and you're not in the sec maybe you can still play at that point which is whoa that's crazy right like Imagine two teams from the Big Ten being in. Oh, my goodness. That's I mean, at a 16 playoff, we would have Ohio State would be the sixth team in at this point. Right. So we would have two SEC teams, two Big Ten teams, Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Right. Cincinnati is a – are they ACC? No. No, they're Big, e? Big East. Big I think. East. Yeah, I think they, were, they moved over to the Big East. And then Notre Dame is obviously independent. So it's just one of those things where, like, does Oklahoma State make it if – Alabama loses because they were the five seed going into the big 12 title game and they were playing no slump at Baylor who was the number nine team in the nation at the time American Athletic Conference is where they are they're the AAC Hmm. I wait I knew that they play Wichita State every year in basketball oh whoopsie daisy I'm sure are they joining the Big 12? I don't know. I'm going to have to – I'm trying to, like, learn all these teams, and yeah. now they're uh, the shuffle is happening soon. They so. they are joining the Big 12, is, is my understanding. Or there's talks of it, something like that. Yeah, there's rumors that they're going to flip over to the Big 12. Well, here's the thing is football drives these conferences to a degree. The only conference I disagree with that, that it drives it would be the ACC. Because mm. ACC is – and, and this is my opinion again, is by far away the most traditional basketball conference there is. Duke, UNC, Syracuse, you know what I mean? Some some really like yeah, I'd say so. Virginia, some really history programs when it comes to basketball. So like I don't know how much they really care about the football side of things. They've just Clemson's kind of run it. And we God knows that those four teams that I just named have horrible football programs. So mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Into the NFL. Welcome welcome back to the Owen Show. 20 minutes on two fan questions. You know, we're, we're phenomenal at that. That's but, what we do best, man. All right. Let's talk about games from week 12. It, see, it, it's still nice because it's episode 12, week 12 recap. So it kind of. That's fine. It'll, 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 still it still somehow fits. It'll flow. Um, Bills versus Patriots coming fresh off of that. What a wild game that was. It was. Just pregame reports, watching the pregame kicking. The game itself. I'm yeah, like, you saw those it. videos of yes. them kicking and the ball is just going. Whoosh. Yeah, it would get like within five yards of going in, and then all of a sudden it was ten yards to the right and short, and you're like, yeah. "What the hell just happened?" My uh, my wife was watching with me, and when Tyler Bass missed that kick, I I literally was like, "Watch this," and she was playing on her phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Watch this," and he, she goes, "Why? What's about to happen?" I go. I almost guarantee you he's going to miss this. I was like, the fact that they're kicking this field goal right now is How long of a field goal was it? It was only like 30 yards or something. It wasn't very long. They were in the red zone. I wouldn't have kicked it. And I was like, like, you got to watch this. And she was like, wow. I was like, I almost guarantee you the ball is just going to fly some wild direction. It's going to be wildly entertaining and sure shit. Like as soon as he kicked it, it just starts to rip. And immediately you just see the wind go and just take it like 10 yards to the right. And you're like, oh, my God. Like. My uh, my buddy who's from Buffalo, his cousin was at the game and posted mm. like a Facebook video of like them like warming up and the balls like flirling and shit and he's just sitting in the stands. So it was kind of cool to see I bet. how wild that wind was. Yeah, gotta be gotta be a record for least passes attempted in a win. Yeah, 
I don't need like I'd say back to like 1980. Like give me yeah. 40 years. There's no way that someone else has won a game with and and starting the whole game too. Not a Taysom Hill through twice. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about Mac Jones started the effing game through three times and won. Took took all of the offensive snaps and threw two passes or three passes. Threw three passes, completed two of them for 19 yards. Yeah. And and this is the other thing is you're like okay it was the it was the Bills they weren't right. playing the Jaguars or the Jets or the Lions it yeah. was the Buffalo Bills the Super Bowl contenders the the six weeks ago they were top of the pile that team is winning the Super Bowl this year Buffalo Bills yeah I I people are calling it like a flex like Bill Belichick was like flexing on Sean McDermott showing that like oh I can run the ball and beat you I don't. And th- this right here is the most Patriot win that exists. Ever. Right. By far and away. There is no other head coach, offensive coordinator at the NFL high school, college level that would even finish a game with less than 10 passing attempts, right. let alone less than five. The, the thing that I loved about this game is Bill Belichick wasn't afraid of the Bills offense. So it was, we're going to bend but not break. So they let the Bills get into the red zone multiple times and was like, go ahead, you're not going to score here. Like, this is just, this isn't going to happen to you. And to be fair, I think Diggs was more responsible for dropping a couple of those than anything. But, and sometimes the ball just sailed or it was hard to track and stuff like that. But they were like, listen, you can, you can get to the red zone all you want, but you're not going to score once you're here. Yeah. Cause who's Zach Moss going to run it in? Yeah, Devin Singletary gonna finish this drive off for me. And and every time they would like try to run it on the inside, and it would just be a stuff. That was it was a good it was an extremely boring game to watch. It was the fa- I think, and it has to be one of the fastest Monday Night Football games ever because they were just running the ball, so the clock's just the clock always did not going. Stop. Yeah. yeah, it was just oh, constantly on the move. That so. is yeah, that is the most Patriots win I think I've ever seen in my life. It was it was a good game. They're atop the AFC. They're it is atop their division. And I mean, they're the one seed right now going forward. So I'm. I, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we're going to have a rematch in New England coming up soon. Three so. weeks, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So like three. It'll be. Right. It'll be entertaining to see. You want to move on to Raven Steelers? Oh God. Let's yeah. let's let's start out with the the big question. I'm just upset because it was the Steelers. That's the that's the what the tie was. Yeah. What's the question? How do you feel about going for two? I was, it was a questionable in my opinion because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I was watching the Alabama Auburn game two weeks ago, the, mm-hmm. the Iron Bowl, and they went to OT. And like, you know, it's college rules, you gotta, you know, kick the extra point. I'm like, if I'm Auburn, I'm going for two. Like, you're six and six. This is the you second to last to week. Lose. There's, I mean, like you're going to six and seven most likely, and if not, you're going to seven and six, which isn't any better in college football. But you just beat Alabama, and you probably knocked your bitter rival out of the playoffs with this win. You know, right. like so, like I'm going for two. I've, I'm fucking, I don't care. Like mm-hmm. who cares? Now this is a game where like Baltimore is in the flip spot. Where if this is Pittsburgh, I'm going for two because right. I'm like season's on the line. I don't, if we get the ball to Lamar Jackson, I don't know if we could stop him. I, were we scared to stop Big Ben and OT? That was my question. Now, again, John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson have earned my respect. I love my coach and my quarterback. So I was riding. I was like, fuck it. We're going for two. I'm like, here we go. Like, 
here I'll, I'll say a couple of things on this note. So I, so I was questionable. Like I was mm-hmm. like I don't know why we're doing it, but I have full faith. It was a good play call. It's just right. It went a little south. I'll, I'll say two things against what you just said there. I don't think they were scared of stopping the Steelers. I think they were scared of how – I mean, T.J. Watt had his way with your offensive line. I knew that was going to happen. I think they were scared of the opposite. So I think they were scared to send Lamar back out there. Getting the ball first and then not. And then, and then not being able to score against that Steelers defense. That's fine. So I think it was more of the flip side of like, okay, we're in a shot to win it. Let's either win or lose, and we'll just take we'll take whatever we get and walk away here and not have to put – you know what I mean? It was a good play call. It's just because if if you're the Ravens, you have Lamar on a hit count, just like you have like MLB pitchers are on a pitch count. You're going okay. How many more hits are we going to let him take before, you know what I mean? Before he gets hurt or you know how much are we willing to risk? Here? I want this season to be over with. <laughs> I I know that sounds horrible to like manage somebody like that, but he's like he is that offense. So. And let me let me clarify. Now this is what I think about the statement you said cuz I think you're true. I think you're correct. Mm-hmm. I that's not because he runs the ball. I think that's because of how many times he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. No, I I don't think it has anything to do with his his running the ball. I think that's what the the majority of people are like, "Oh, it's cuz he's a run, he's rail thin and he likes to run the ball." No, it's because our offensive line is effing horrible. Yeah. It is god awful right now. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm smirking right now. I just have we hooping in my head yeah. right now, and it, that's all. Ravens versus only, refs. It's the only. It's the only thing I can just. I, just I, hate, I hate that kid so your much. Your Corvette's broken. That's all is going through my head right now. Whenever you talk like that, so sorry. Um, but, but the other point is the other thing I'll say is Harbaugh has been consistent. They go for it on fourth down a lot. They go for the two points when it's the win. They they ride the analytics or die. So the one thing I'll say is at least it's a consistent decision. It is, yeah. Where the and one, that's why I'm okay with it. That's yes. where I was like, I'm. I question it. Yeah. I wish we didn't do it, but like, he always does it. So you have to be okay with it. Week three, week two, they went for it on fourth and one against Kansas City and sealed the game. Right. And they got it. You know, like so. I've seen it be successful before. So that's so I was okay with it. It's just it was the Steelers. That yeah. was the the sting to it. Yeah. Was I just I really didn't want it. It was the last time that. Baltimore is going to play Big Ben on Heinz Field, most likely. Yeah, I, was, I really wanted to close it out with a win, so it's definitely this has been the least enjoyable I've ever been at eight and four in my life. I'll tell you that much. I my expectations are extremely tempered. It's are, been a wild ride for sure. We are not a Super Bowl contending team, really. No, this is. I I pray to God we're not the one seed going into the playoffs. I I really don't want it to happen. I Why? Hope, because we are going to get beat. I did this. It's a team that's going to have a bye week and run into it. Literally, it doesn't matter at this point because it's Baltimore is way too banged up to do Mm -hmm. anything. Marlon Humphrey's out for the year now. So Anthony Averett is now my number one corner. Yeah, that's that is. And I have Brandon Stevens, who's a fifth round pick. God, I wish we didn't trade Sean Wade to New England right about now because we effing need him. Yeah. Deshaun Elliott's down. So three-fourths of their starting secondary is gone. Derek Wolf is out for the year. Kalias Campbell's missed four to five games. Justin Houston's been a, save, a saint to help our pass rush out so far this year. But Ronnie Stanley's still out. Um, all three running backs are out. out. I yeah. just – it's been such a banged-up season. And as, as much as they should probably be – Ten and two at this point, they should also be six and six. Six and six at the same so time. Yeah, my my expectations are very low at this point. It, it was disappointing, I would say, 
I, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say you're having a disappointing year when you're eight and four, because here's the thing, and and you can't be super cynical about it. Is like you have a chance. You you very well. Could I have get, Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. I have a chance. You 100%. Could go on a five game win streak and finish out the season super strong, and then you're feeling completely different. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful part about football. So I wouldn't count. I, I mean. I don't. I mean, you guys are just in a rough spot right now. But the fact you're eight and four in one of the toughest divisions in football, if not, in my opinion, the toughest division. In I think football, they are the toughest division in football. Um, the North, the, the West. You it's know the I mean? it's the North of the NFC West, hundred percent. Um, so I mean, you can't be too upset. You know, they. It's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's when I look at the postseason, I look at. When you look at, I'll, I'll include the top eight seeds in the AFC. If Baltimore runs into New England, I have to deal with Matt Judon and pressure from every other angle. I have to deal with the Titans. Don't have too much, but Jeffrey, that'll be the one game Jeffrey Simmons just absolutely destroys the interior of our line. The Chiefs have Chris Jones and Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones and Chris Jones. Chris Jones, yeah. Uh, the Chargers have Joey Bosa. Hey, Swarson had a pick six, so oh my God. don't count him out. The The Chargers have Bosa. The Bengals have a scheme put together somewhat. That's the thing. is like I can name the big names. TJ Watts, the eight seed right now at the Steelers, but like it doesn't take a big name to put Lamar Jackson on the on his backside. Yeah, the backside that, that line is bad. It is god-awful. So, Next game up. Uh, Niners Seahawks. Having a couple of Niners fans, this is my day at work. So, watching the game, the Ravens Steelers game's on. I'm watching it. Caitlin called me. I stepped into, you know, stepped in the stock room, took a phone call on the clock, frowned upon, whatever. I had to do what I had to do. All right. We just had a kid. So, yeah. I was answering the phone. I come back out. There's a minute left. We're down seven and we're driving. And I'm like, holy shit. What happened? Like, yeah. How did this happen? And, uh, so they go down, they score a touchdown, miss a two-point conversion, the roller coaster of emotions. It was that game. That game gets over. They flip to the Niners Seahawks game. And I have a lot of buddies that are Niners fans. I kind of like the Niners. I like some of the pieces that they have. And then I watch them lose in a similar situation. Right. Not not being able to score on the last play of the game. And I'm just like, this is rough right now. I think we should just call this the Jimmy Garoppolo syndrome because like he always is just somehow in a late game position and fumbles the bag. Just can't, can't close the deal. Can't finish it out. There's a couple of reasons I want to talk about this game. Uh, Reason one being is I think it won for the 49ers. You have to win this game. If you want to be a playoff team, 110%. This is not a game you can lose. You can't lose this for the Seahawks. It means, diddly shit like the, their season is long over i was like they would have to win out and have a lot of other people lose some games along the way for them to even have a chance chance right so i i don't think it means anything for the seahawks but it's bragging rights boy does trey trey lance look a heck of a lot better after that week you know george kittle looks uh really really good yeah he's come back strong <laughs> he's kind of good at football yeah <laughs> Everyone kind of forgot about him this yeah, year. Yeah, because he's been banged up. He missed the first four weeks Darren of the season. Waller, Travis Kelsey, you know. Yeah, the difference is is that he may not be as good of a He may be the third best receiving tight end out of that, that group, but he's by far and away the best blocking tight end in the league. Yeah. There's no question about that. That guy pancaked Vaughn Miller in his first game in the NFC West. That was one of my favorite highlights. Von Miller debuts in Monday Night Football against the Niners, his first game in the NFC West, and he got absolutely panicked. Like, George Kittle drove him back six yards and then fell on top of him. Like, like the blindside Michael Orr pancaked him into the stands, stands. type. 
block. The the thing the reason that this game is interesting to me is it's a classic. They asked Jimmy Garoppolo to throw thirty times. He throws two interceptions, two touchdowns, and was just kind of meh. Meh. So when they meh at best, yeah, when they don't heavily rely on the run game, right? Yeah. Like, and if you take Kittle out, those two touchdowns disappear. Right. He exactly. Had both of them. So and he had 125 yards. He needs a superstar tight end. He needs his running game to be good to win. It's just. Yeah. This this is kind of I thought the 49ers would not be in playoff contention at this point in the year and that's kind of why I picked them to finish 4th in this division and they're probably going to finish 3rd and third, still dude. have a chance to make the playoffs but it just it doesn't ever look special with him. No, it it never has. It hasn't looked special since he tore his ACL. Right. Yeah. In year 1. And and that's the problem is they need that's why I think they went all in on a home run hitter like Trey Lance cuz Trey Lance will be different and special and something explosive. I something else outside of his ACL tour that day. I don't mm-hmm. know if there was a, a brain cell that got lodged. Yeah. The the level of confidence is just through the floor. We need we need Jimmy Garoppolo dating a porn star confidence. Yeah, and it's not there. It hasn't like I, I people forget that the Niners were god off like two and twelve. Yeah, took DeForest Buckner, signed Jimmy G to the largest. He was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL at one point, and they started five and zero. Right. They were five and zero, and he tore his ACL. He has no urgency in the pocket. He gets sacked a lot because he doesn't move around. He's completely flat footed. Yeah. Doesn't like to push the ball down the field. Will take the check down to Kittle every day of the week when he can. Luckily, Kittle can just run and drag three guys 20 yards down the field and get him some extra yardage every time. He can run a jet sweep to Debo Samuel and make it look good. But, like, there's just nothing there. It's just, yeah, it's not it's not special. That's yep. I mean, that's how I feel about that. That is the that. perfect way to put it, I think. Okay, I'm, I really don't have any thoughts on this game. You really wanted to talk about this game, so I'll let you kind of have your moment. Lions versus Vikings. Detroit wins their first football game of the year um, on a buzzer-beater touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, who else but the Vikings? You know, Who else but Kirk Cousins? Plays a good game. Can't get it done in the long run. Let Jared, they were down like 20-6 to six at one point, too. That was a game that they came back in, and then they just didn't. They didn't slam. They closed it. They didn't slam it. Slam it. Yeah, they they were down twenty to six, and then they pushed the door too, and then Jared Goff kicked it off its hinges. Listen, elite quarterbacks like Jared Goff, the doors never slammed. <laughs> never doors never closed around yeah. here, right? You may close it, but you ain't locking it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I just I watched the play and just the how excited Jared Goff got was probably the coolest thing to me because like. Mm-hmm. I would just, I just, it's one of those moments where I just watched it and I was like, why am I so excited right now? Like, right. this is the Detroit, the one in 10 in one Detroit Lions. And I'm like, this is the second, this is my second favorite moment all year. I'm glad you can get excited about a game like that. I mean, it, it didn't the, change my day. No, at the all. game didn't. Watching, like, scrolling through and seeing Sports Center, like, Lions win it at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jared Guy, and just the, the reaction, the hug to Dan Campbell. And so, I don't know. I was like, I just – I I feel like that's a I, – I just didn't see Jared Goff being excited about that win. I think like, I think Jared Goff here's, – here's what's interesting to me. Jared Goff proves an interesting point that coaching is somewhere in the middle of how important it is. Mm. So Jared Goff without Sean McVay is he's awful. Like, he's like – I think he's oh seventeen and one in his career. Because right. he was like 0 and eight with Jeff Fisher before he got fired. Fired. And he just won his first game with Dan Campbell. So for Jared Goff, it, it Jared Goff being a middle of the road guy, 
having a great coach mattered. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick last year without a consistent quarterback was awful. But this year with somebody who he can be not a star, not a superstar, but yep, yeah, right? Like but so, a guy that does the job. So coaching is not super important nor does it not matter. It's kind of somewhere awkwardly in the middle. In the middle, yeah. Where you're like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I how, just How much does this how much does coaching actually matter? Okay, it matters a lot, but not so much because But not a ton, yeah, cuz a good coach can still be plagued by a bad roster. And yeah, and a and a okay quarterback can be made look really good with a great coach. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things that it's like he to me is just such an interesting so interesting to me. Yeah. I agree. Into the headlines. Okay. Let's talk about boy does this make one of my hot takes in the season look awful, but it does. But I don't think anybody really expected this to happen. No, Joe Brady being fired. Um Everything that I've read and, and what's rumored, what was going on, Brady wanted this offense to be a pass-first offense, and Matt Rule wanted it to be more ground and pound and things like that. Um, and I think Matt Rule wanted to take over playing calling duties. So I, I'm I'm a little shocked by it. I think I I mean. I think the expectations that Carolina had that Joe Brady was going to be able to come in and make Teddy Bridgewater look special and flip around Sam Darnold, I just don't – I don't know if this was the right scenario for him. Yeah, with Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Cam Newton were all of your quarterback options this year. It's yeah. not a pass-first offense. And, and, and to blame it, like – so I get firing Jason Garrett because Daniel Jones hasn't looked – hasn't looked special or hasn't elevated him in any any way shape or form but with the options that joe brady's had i feel like this team being 500 is is pretty solid i mean they were they were one of the hottest teams when they started out four and oh you know we were all in on them too this is it's one of those like matt rules talked about it and i think you hit the nail like there's no personal thing behind it but like when Joe Brady was hired, he was a 30-year-old passing game coordinator for national, then-national champion LSU yeah. with no experience of calling plays at the NFL or any other level. So, like, this was an outside-of-the-box move to start, and I yeah. think it worked decently well. It's just the team, it wasn't a fit team-wise. Right, yeah. Like, I if just... you put this, Joe Brady, I don't know where he would have taken over. Because it had to be somewhere that truly has a quarterback, but also doesn't have an offensive-minded head coach right out the gate, at least. So, like, I think I think him in Cincinnati, making the OC in Denver wouldn't be great. But next to Vic Vangio, maybe yeah, some talent in the receiving core. Teddy and depending Bridgewater's on who they, if they draft, they go out and get uh, Pickett or somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? Maybe that could be intriguing. I mean, I think he'll have he'll get a. I mean, if he wants, he can go be a mid-level head coach at college you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. he can go back down and what, whatever whatever his drive is he'll he'll end up getting a job you know what i mean either as an oc for a big program or, or something but i think as a dc or as a as a defense like if i'm brian flores like i'm I don't, if i'm not happy with my oc i might make a call see just see, see what the fit is yeah, yeah just i I would really like him to get another shot in the NFL. I, I'm not ready to sell on Joe Brady just yet. I don't think it's going to happen right away, probably. just Now, if he got fired at the end of the regular season, maybe. Maybe. The carousel's hot, but 
he's gonna have to sit there for a while. Yeah, know? I mean he'll have he'll have half a season to you know put out feelers and kind of see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't be surprised if you know what I mean. There's always there's always gonna be four or five head coaching jobs open. Mm-hmm. And they got to build a staff. And college spots are currently open as well too now, though. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't know. I don't see him getting a big college job though. I think Oregon's the only big time spot that's open still. At this I point. don't think that's officially. Oh yeah, he did leave for yeah, Miami, didn't he? Mario Cristobal left for Miami because Notre Dame promoted their TC up yeah. to head coach. LSU's filled. Miami Oklahoma's got filled. Open. Oklahoma's. Uh, I think everyone's just assuming that Brent Venables is getting hired. That's how I, does that assume? From no. how much everyone's talking about it, I thought it already happened. Okay. I don't think it has. No, Bob Stoop but, is coaching the bowl game. Yeah. Which is wild. Insanity. That he just immediately is like, oh, I'll take my old job back. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll hang out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, to be fair, he has been active in coaching, but. Yeah. Lane. Fucking Lincoln Riley, man. That's something that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Either. Yeah, we got it. We'll, we'll, that, that, we'll, we can, we have a lot of time to talk about. Okay, if we have time football. at the end, we may have to circle back to. Because I don't I know if we'll have time it. this episode, but this is something we can definitely. We're going to talk about Lincoln Riley at some point because how can you not talk yeah. about it? All right, where were we? Joe Brady. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we'll see if he gets another spot. Um, he definitely got a spot at the college level. 100%. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, somebody will, somebody would be crazy not to pick him up at the college level at the very least. Um, the whole Big Ben rumors. What? What? Uh, what a bizarre. He's privately told teams. Well, obviously it's not private because we all fucking know about know it. Know about now. it. Like, and and the fact that he's saying he won't be a Stealer next year. The, yeah, that the wording was... that he's picking is weird. It what feel, effing it, team? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? I don't know who he thinks is going to be like Big Ben. That's the one that moves yeah. the needle. <laughs> That's the one that puts us over the line. Denver man. sitting there going, man, if we had Big Ben this year, we might be a playoff year. Like, <laughs> They're like Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't. I don't get. These what are the same category. <laughs> I don't know what this guy's trying to do. I, I think it's it's bizarre that you're telling this and it gets out on a game day, and in. Is it a distraction? No, because it's not shocking. You know, it, we it, all knew it. We're all the surprising factor was it didn't happen earlier, right? That and was the, the surprising part. And and the writing is on the wall. I think the surprising part is actually more of the fact that he thinks that there's a chance he goes and plays for another team. Yeah, I'm just I don't know. As a starter, no chance in hell. No. Where? <laughs> yeah, and why would well, you go okay. be a backup? Philip Rivers got a spot in Indy. But Philip Rivers didn't look as bad as he looked. That's true. Big Ben is definitely on a different level of Phil- bad. Philip Rivers came off a season where he looked okay. Philip Rivers did take the Colts to the playoffs, technically. Yeah, they made the playoffs that year. Like, and Phil, no one at the end of his time with the Chargers, nobody looked at Philip Rivers and was like, "Yeah, that guy's burnt." Like last year, everyone was kind of looking at Drew Brees towards the end and was like, "Okay, this guy's burnt. He is done." Yeah, and. And everyone's looking at Big Ben that way. I, I don't know any. I team. looked at Big Ben that way two years ago. Uh, I've seen it for a while. Last year, towards the end of the season, he didn't look good. No, he looked bad. They went one and five down the stretch for a reason. Like, so yeah, it's one of those things that I don't like. I I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not gonna be a Steeler next year. Well, <laughs> who are you gonna play for? Bro? I, don't, I don't know where you're gonna be at. He's playing in that Fox League that they're doing. Yeah, maybe that's, I don't. That's, maybe that's where he's going to the XFL. 
I'm confused. Is it the XFL? Is that what the Fox League that was announced Maybe, or whatever? I don't know. Did The Rock give you a call? I'm confused. <laughs> what is? Where are you going? He goes, I'm not going to be a Steeler, but I might be a, a Minnesota you know, Wild mean, or whatever. I don't know. I might be a, a Minnesota Lumberjack. Yeah, You exactly. never know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Hopefully Birmingham picks me up. You're like, <laughs> like what, bro? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know with him, man. That that That's wild to me. He is. He's the best Steelers quarterback of all time. Respect where respect is due. He is a top fifteen, top ten oh, quarterback yeah. of all time. He I, is, here's the thing: is is you never want. I just do not have a fond memory of him as of late. Obviously, the the thing that's weird to me is is people always think like, oh man, this guy's ruined his legacy at the end of his career, and you're like. No one fucking remembers Joe like, Montana playing for the Chiefs. I was like, currently, yes. For the next five years, yes. But past that, and that's just for Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, and Browns fans. Right. It will be ruined for that time period. Most other people won't remember that. I think he might be one of the most overrated guys. I mean, he won one Super Bowl his entire career. And it was his... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He won two. That's a lie. He won two. I the only one won. No, he won one with... Uh, uh, the coach before Mike Tomlin too. He didn't win one with Mike Tomlin though. Mike, no, no, no. So they beat the Cardinals. Yes. But they lost to this. Remember, they lost to the Packers, where Clay Matthews with the WWE World oh, Heavyweight Title on the right. stage. I don't think they won a second one. I think they, that was with Tomlin, and I think it was his rookie year or his second year, maybe. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm, very I'm imagining things. Maybe I don't know why I'm thinking he won two. But, yeah, I don't know how you can be considered an all-time great with one one Super Bowl. No, they won two. Who do they beat? Arizona and who else? He the is Seahawks. The first one that he won with uh, Bill. I can see his face. Bill, Bill Cower. Bill Cower, thank you. The yeah, they, they beat the Seahawks. That was the year. Well, that was the was Jerome Bettis year. Jerome Bettis, and they Retired had Matt Hasselback. Uh, I don't think Marshawn Lynch was on that Seahawks team. I don't but think it, so either. Matt Hasselback. Oh, it was Sean Alexander was on that team. Wow. And it was the 05. Yeah, yeah. And then he won one with Tomlin. Mm-hmm. And then he won one with Tomlin. He is, i tell you this, he is the arm behind the greatest catch in NFL history, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that catch... San Antonio Holmes catch in the Super Bowl. It's, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty historic. I don't think it's the best because that's my greatest catch of all time. Really? I, I over learn. David Tyreek helmet catch in the Giants Super Bowl. Over yeah. the Julian Edelman catch. Over like I. I mean I can. That's, it's a wide open argument in my opinion. I don't think there's a slam shot no. contender there because there's been a lot of good ones. That one it won them the game. The it, difficulty yeah. of the catch. That's fair. It was. It's just the 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 drag t- and I watched that one live too. So it's always gonna have a little bit more to me as well. But like you were at the game or just watched the I just on watched TV? it a lot. It was one of oh. the first Super Bowls I ever watched. Okay, My parents you. were Steelers fans. I was starting to get into football at that point probably. Mm-hmm. More seriously at least. At least, so, okay. Yeah. But Big Ben, going to the XFL. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? That's, I guess that's your headline. He somehow thinks he's playing somewhere. Yeah. Um, Antonio Brown's suspension versus the Aaron Rodgers suspension. I – I or, or non-suspension for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the fine. Say. I I have a big problem with this. I do, I, I but I have a, feel. I do, but I have a fundamental question that kind of changes mm-hmm. where like what happened. Okay. So so the thing with and I agree with everyone like they're like Aaron or AB and like two other people have been suspended for three games for lying about it and Aaron Rodgers was fined like eight hundred thousand dollars. Right. And they're like, 
three the other three players were black and yeah. Aaron Rodgers obviously white and they're like mm. I don't think it's a race thing first of all my biggest thing is AB and the two other guys had fake vaccine cards I think Aaron Rodgers just said he was immunized I don't know if he ever said he if he had a fake fake vaccine card or there's there's a couple of things so Rodgers never lied to the league yeah. so like according to the league he was not listed as non-vaccinated. He said to the media that he was immunized. So they had a bigger problem with Antonio Brown lying to the NFL. Because he lied to the NFL. He had a fake vaccine card. Like, there's levels to those things. But Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers just lied to everyone else. And also, here's here's my issue at the end of the day, is I still think Rodgers, if you're going to give AB three games, I don't necessarily think it's white privilege. I think it's QB privilege is what I, I would agree with that much more than white privilege. Because yes. he, he is a superstar and he's a quarterback. He is and, the second, third best quarterback in the league. Right. So it's, it's harder to suspend him. I get that. But the fact that Antonio Brown, the reason that you're suspending him is not only the fake card. It is because he broke all of the protocols because he was acting like he was vaccinated when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for Aaron Rodgers. He was doing live interviews without a mask, right? And everyone yeah, all else of his podium stuff was without a mask. Exactly. And everyone else had to wear a mask. And on the sidelines during the preseason game, if you weren't playing and you weren't dressed, you had to have a mask on if you weren't vaccinated. And of course, he wasn't vaccinated and he didn't have a mask. So my problem then lies in so the fact that they both broke COVID protocols, but the fact that A B lied about it to the NFL, that's what gets him three games and Aaron Rodgers just gets a fine. I think A B and the two other guys should have been should should have been f- penalized more than Aaron Rodgers, but the gap should have been smaller in between. That's, Aaron Rodgers should have got two, they should have got three. Or he, they should have got two, he got one. Yeah. Like I think that those three guys to me still get penalized more, but the gap is way that, too that's, large. That's what all I'm saying is is you can't suspend A B for if they suspended A B a game if they suspended those three guys a game, I don't even think it's a real discussion. No, because that the gap there is allowed. I exactly. Think. Yeah. It, it's the fact that the gap is so big that it, you're just like, okay. And this is how the NFL has always operated, where you're just like, I don't know. We're making shit up as we go. No, we're, that's, we're just, we're just I gonna, that's Roger Goodell's thing. We're just going to slap random penalties on people. Oh, the draft got over yesterday? Yeah, you're not allowed to taunt anymore. Right. You're going to be penalized. So that that's my problem with it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's race-driven. I think it's just... It's quarterback-driven. And, and I think... And this is another thing that should put light that the NFL needs to standardize penalties. Like, we need to have a rule book a rule of book like... to it. At least to the COVID stuff. So like, there's certain other things that it's hard because, like, it's a spectrum of a violation versus a black and white violation. White, but yeah, like, right. The COVID stuff is pretty effing black and white. You wear a mask, you don't. You're vaccinated or you're not. You know, right. like, it's there's not really a spectrum. Like, I got one shot, but I didn't get the second one. Like, right. you're either vaccinated or you're not. Not, you know? right. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think the NFL needs to kind of get their stuff together. I, that's been Roger Goodell's entire... That's been Roger Goodell's entire like reign, in my opinion. It's just been kind of everywhere and in between. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. We just. It's just such a wild time right now in, in life in general, and and I think the NFL needs to figure out. Otherwise, we're constantly going to be in lawsuits of figuring out what's a fair suspension, what's not. You know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah. The fact that Deshaun Watson hasn't been suspended to this point is absolutely wild to me. Yeah, because I don't know if anybody remembers two, three years ago. 
Um, Ezekiel Elliott was suspended for eight games because he was his girlfriend. He was accused of domestic violence with his girlfriend. He was suspended for eight games, and a game later, the court revealed that she was lying and it never happened, and it was a false accusation. He was acquitted of all charges. And Roger Goodell was like, you're still suspended for eight games. And you're like, what the f*** are we doing? Right. Like, what is? I don't understand what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah, that was one of the few times that I sided with the Cowboys, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, happening right now. Yeah. You guys are kind of getting the short end of the stick here. It's crazy to me how that shit works sometimes. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, agreed. Um, before we get into our hot and cold and our pump the brakes, a quick word from our sponsor. Houston-based company Exotic Pop is known worldwide as the unique beverage boutique, offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity, individuality, and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. So, into our hot and cold, who do you want to start this week? You want me to start or you want to? Um... What are you thinking? I'll, I'll go first. Okay. I don't mind. Um, my cold is I don't think running backs are getting paid anymore. I think I think the days of giving anyone a second contract now is long over. Between Derrick Henry getting hurt, so many of these running backs breaking that 1,000 yards a season mark, I think a couple of things. I think there's more running backs that are highly productive in the NFL than there's ever been. So I don't think you need to go out and pay a guy to be special at that position. Agreed, yeah. Because even Derrick Henry's getting hurt. So I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to get a crazy contract. He lost his X Factor on Madden. They dropped him to a star. Really? They they were like, you're done. Which I think is an overreaction. But yeah, let it leave it up to me to bring Madden in any conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, continue. It's okay. So I just I think those days are are over. I think I think every team that's paid a running back has regretted it to some point if not completely regretted it yeah i don't I honestly i don't think it'll stop i think it should and i think to a certain degree it will but like, i think the market will at least drop significantly yeah um because when you look at the guys that are leading the league in rushing yards versus the highest paid running backs in the league there's not a lot of names that are on both sides right Derrick henry is but it's because he played eight games and somehow had 950 yards Rushing. Well, by the end of the season, he won't be he won't be top five. You know no. what I mean? He's still the he's, fact that he's top three is absolutely insane. He's been out four games now, and he's still top three. Yeah, he's That's been out crazy. five games now actually, because Jonathan Taylor has thirteen games played for thirteen hundred yards. Yeah, he has eight games played for nine hundred. So Jonathan Taylor is a perfect example of you're just going to draft some kid out of Wisconsin or. He was a stud out of Wisconsin. Memphis even is like running back you apparently. Yeah. But yeah, you're going to draft some kid out of a university and he's going to be productive enough for you to get you by. J.K. Dobbins was a second round pick for Baltimore. And I think he'll play four years and be a top 15, top 10 running back arguably in the league. And and that's what you're going to do and you're not going to go out and pay him 15, 20 million. Yeah, and I I want Baltimore to pay him, but I hope it's not a lot. You right, because they run the ball more than anybody else. Though that's a that's a very special scenario. But I would agree. It's just it hasn't really panned out for most teams, and just running backs do get hurt, and they're just and it's not. I don't think it's a durability issue. 
guys are moving faster at weirder angles than they ever have been. And honestly, it's like Saquon just can't stay away from a freak accident. It yeah. is. The, well, getting healthy and then steps on an ankle at the end of a play, it's just it the is worst a, luck possible. It is a durability issue because we're seeing guys are heavier than they've ever been. They're faster than they've ever been. We're seeing, like, we're pushing that boundary of what the human body is actually capable of. And I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing so many of these injuries come through. I would agree. Yeah, it's just there's no, like... Walter Payton wasn't running as fast as these guys are. No. Like, and Barry Sanders and, like, all the old running backs were amazing. But they, you, the thing you have to remember is the middle linebackers weren't as big as they, and as fast as they are now. I was like, they might have been as big. They definitely weren't as fast. Like, Fred Warner was not tracking you down from across. Luke Keekley wasn't covering sideline to sideline back in the 50s. Yeah. Like, now, you run in between the tackles, he's going to knock your block off, but he won't catch you on the sideline. Think about all the edge rushers now. T.J. Watt, fast as can be. Matt Judon, pretty quick guy. Mm-hmm. Like, the, 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 like, even at the heavy front end guys, they've gotten fast. Like, you remember that clip that went viral a couple uh, – it was early on in the season with Miles Garrett who's quick, but he's also 275, 280 pounds of just flat muscle. Yeah. And he's lined up on the edge and just like basically Euro-stepped by a tackle. And they're like, this clip isn't sped up. Miles Garrett legitimately just like matrix Euro-stepped around this tackle and just destroyed this quarterback. The league in general has gotten better and better and better athletes. And that's... That goes for all sports, I think. We're seeing things done that no one could have ever imagined. You know, like... I don't think any, I don't think Babe Ruth could have imagined that Aroldis Chapman could throw 106 miles an hour. I mean, Tom Brady's 44 years old and he has a good chance of winning an MVP. But. Go, yeah, go back 10 years when Tom Brady, and especially for you as a Patriots fan, Tom Brady's 34, and I could be like, so what? 10 years ago, how old would you have been? I would have been 15 10 been years ago. 15 years old. Yeah. I could have told you at 15, I'd be like, hey. Tom Brady's going to be playing when you're 25. And you're like, no you're, shot. you're high. Yeah. I could have told you that five years ago, and you were like, put this guy in a mental institution. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. You're right. You're not wrong. Everyone looked at Adam Vinatieri and they're like, that motherfucker's old. And old. Tom Brady's playing quarterback at that and he's, age. Yeah. And, he's, and he's good. <laughs> I mean, LeBron's... 36 37, 37 and oh, he's yeah. still playing at a very i mean not as good as he used to be but still a high level for still considered a, a top 10 player in this league you don't see nba players play that long you no. know what i mean we've just we've just seen such advancement okay we get way off topic here. it is what it is back to the hot take here triple um, down tripling down the Bring it eagles on. are a playoff team I don't care if it's Gardner Minshew leading the ship. I don't care if it's Jalen Hurts leading the ship. I don't care if it's Joe Flacco leading the ship. If they have to put goddamn Joe Flacco in there, who's not on the team anymore, he plays for the Jets. He does play for the Jets. But still, that, that is a playoff if team. If they cut him and they sign him, Joe Flacco leads the ship. I don't I don't care if it's Mike Glennon. So here's my question. Put Jerry Goff in there. They're going to the playoffs. Could Jimmy G get it done? Jimmy G would put this team in the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. This team, this is a playoff caliber team. So, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Is this a division champ level team? No. God, no. No? Okay. Absolutely not. Temper it. Make sure we're clarified there. Next year, after they have three first-round picks, that's Car- so Carson Wentz just crossed that threshold, so it is a first. Mm. So they're going to have three picks from somewhere in the range of 10 to... Did you see the projection for the top 20s? 10 picks, too? It's like 
Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants, Eagles, yeah. Eagles. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, that's like weird. that's like four to ten. You're like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. But no, I mean, don't don't count them out next year. They're going to be interesting. I think they're I think they're a borderline playoff team with a first year head coach and a second year quarterback. I think they finally figured out that. Oh my God, we run the football really well. Yeah, like, <laughs> holy shit, crazy! I I remember like talking about that like week four. I'm like, this team destroys yards per carry, but they are the 31st in carries per game. Yeah. All of a sudden, they started running the football, and here we are. Yeah, they're 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 that team is a monster. So I I love the I don't know why I love the Eagles, man. I swear I'm not a closeted. Eagles I love fan Gardner Minshew. So the, the, to see him play well in the the fill in role, was... we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later. Don't don't get too ahead of yourself there i put that in just for you i love Minshew. so does reed reed's a big Minshew guy too apparently too so there you go we'll talk about him so my cold take for this week uh the bills are in trouble um now sitting at seven and five they just lost a very 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 pivotal game um to division rival in the new england patriots they start to play the patriots one more time um i think the thing for the Bills now is, like I said, six weeks ago, this is the number one seed in the AFC. They are not Super Bowl contenders. They are the Super Bowl favorite. Right. Tom Brady's struggling. The Rams just dropped their first game. The Cardinals look good, but we're all kind of tempering that they're not going to be able to keep it going. Aaron Rodgers has missed a game or two here with a toe injury. You ready Everyone's for this, like, this brutal schedule they have? Yeah, bring it on. They go Bucks, Panthers, Patriots, Falcons, Jets. So they end the... the the year with two good games, mm-hmm. you know, against the Falcons and the Jets. But they're currently sitting at 7-5, and five, um, which is second in their division. But, again, the Bucks not going to be an easy game. Uh, the, the Panthers should be a win, but knowing that Panthers' defense and how well they played, it's not a cakewalk game. And then they play the Patriots again in Foxborough. Yeah. So this and the, is – And the other problem that I have, like, looking at the Panthers game – is the Bills' biggest weakness is stopping the run. And the one thing that the Panthers, I guarantee you, with Cam Newton, are going to do really well is run the football. Yeah, I think the Bills are counting their lucky stars that Christian McCaffrey is back on IR because mm-hmm. they would have a hell of a time trying to stop this offense. Um, but just when you look at, you know, they lose the, they, the stumble against Tennessee. They rebound against Miami. The ugly loss to Jacksonville. They bounce back against the Jets, and then they lose. They get destroyed by the Colts. Right. And then they bounce back with the win against the Saints, and now they lose to the Patriots. Right now it's shaping up. They'll beat Tom Brady, then lose to the Panthers. Panthers or something, right? Yeah. yeah, the way their season has gone, that's not crazy. So it's just it's one of those things where they've really put themselves in danger now of being a wild card team because yeah. you have to count on the Patriots losing an extra game, and you have to go into Foxborough and win in December. Let's let's give them benefit of the doubt here, and let's say they finish ten and six. So they lose to the Bucks, but let's say they beat the Panthers, they beat the Patriots, they beat the Falcons, they beat the Jets. I don't think that wins the division at ten and six. Looking at the fact that the the Patriots are going into their bye week, yeah, probably the latest bye week possible. They play the Colts, which will not be an easy game, but with an extra week of preparation, I think that's definitely a game that is winnable. They play Buffalo again, and then they play Jacksonville and Miami. Right. So, like, they finish off with two easy ones. Yeah, too. Uh, you know, you, uh, you look at the Patriots; they're sitting at it's, they're all they're eight and four now. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna beat 
Jacksonville, they're going to beat Miami, so that's 10-4. and four. And then they have the Colts and, and the Bills, which I think they should be able to win one of those, if one not of those both games. of those games. And then, they, and then the division's over. They could right? win both. If they beat Buffalo, I think the division's closed. Close yeah. the door. I, that's a tough spot to be in, for sure. It is. It's just... And another thing is like looking at the the quick look at the box score, and it's like Patriots beat Bills fourteen ten. Leading passer for the Patriots, Mac Jones, nineteen yards. <laughs> it's what just the a hell? crazy stat line? Yeah. All right, into my hot take for this week. Um, both of our hot takes in the NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys are the Cowboys again. Um, remember, I talked about this. I, I feel bad for my Cowboys fans to take a slight back of your team again. It, it is the the simple cowboy syndrome. Everyone like, and everyone kind of waited an extra two weeks this year. Like they were looked really good, and but for two weeks we're like, I don't know, man. The Cowboys do this; they look really good, and we give them their credit, and then they fall apart. So they waited two weeks, and they looked good for an extra two weeks, and everyone's like, all right, this is the best team in football. All right, and sure and sure as shit, the week after Stephen A. Smith puts them as his number one team in the NFL, they have went. Ice cold. They they seem to not be able to win a tough game. They can't win the games they're supposed to win. If they do win, it's an ugly one. If they lose, it's an ugly loss. Like it's just been a brutal stretch for the Cowboys. And with the Eagles creeping up at this point, it's not gonna be an easy season to finish. It's they're in a tough spot because the NFC is so good, and you have to sit there and go, what makes you special? What makes you different? What's gonna put you above everybody? And I don't, I, I don't think there's an answer there for that team. That's the hardest part is you can't sit there and go, oh, it's going to be this. This is going to carry them. You know what I mean? This has looked extraordinary. It's, yeah. it's They all come in waves, and that's I'm also problem. very, very surprised that they did not sit Zeke last week. I, I don't understand what the point of, oh, our running back has a sprained ankle, and he's like at 60%. And I have the best, you know, a top five backup running back in Tony Pollard. We're going to play Zeke. Right. And then running him in garbage time. What are you doing? I don't want to. The game is handled. We're up 27-17. Give Zeke the ball again. Why? What What are you gaining? But they have five games left. Four of them are division games. And the fifth one is the Cardinals. They play Washington twice. They play the Giants. They play the Eagles. They play the Eagles to close the year, and that could be that the could game be a that, game. That could matters. be the game that de- decides the division. I don't know about that, but when you're sitting here, the Cowboys are eight and four and struggling. The Washington football team have won four, if not five, straight now, and they That's sit true. at six and six. And you just said that the Eagles are a playoff team. They're also six and six. They play Washington twice. They play them next week. Then they play the Giants. They play Washington again. Washington just beat Vegas. It wasn't pretty, seventeen fifteen, but it's a win. A win is a win. And you remember two weeks ago, Vegas embarrassed Dallas on Thanksgiving. That's true. So uh, yeah. it's it's just like it's not crazy. It's, it's lining up, and I don't think it's going to happen this way because it's one of those things where like if this 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 and this happens, right. they have a fifty fifty shot. Like so, I don't think it'll happen. But like if I'm Dallas, if I'm a Dallas fan, I'm pissed per usual. And I, I just I don't understand. There's just so many moves where I'm like, why, why? Could you imagine understand. two NFC East teams make it to the playoffs? Like that's a very real possibility right now. It is. It is. Right now, it's like you're really watching the Eagles and the Washington Football Team compete for a playoff spot. Is Minnesota done? 
after the loss to the Lions. They might be. I mean, they're five and seven, so it's not over, but it's they're not in great shape. They're for not it. trending in the right direction either. They have even more if scenarios to get in, where at least Washington and Philadelphia, wh- whoever plays better the last five weeks, you know, is going to get in. If Washington can beat Dallas once, let alone twice. It's uh, theirs. That right. division is wide open if they can steal both. Especially don't if they can don't steal sleep both. on my boy Taylor Heineke. Yep, they play Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. That division is going to be so fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to be This is the greatest schedule I've ever So Dallas plays Washington twice. They play the Giants, the Cardinals, and then they end the year with the the Eagles. I'm looking at Washington's schedule. They play Dallas, obviously. Then they play the Eagles. Then they play Dallas. Then they play the Eagles. And then they play the Giants in the year. The, the Washington football team have five games left, and they're all five division games. Yeah. And they're six and six. It's going to be crazy. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I'm a Washington football team fan for the rest of the year. <laughs> go Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Go Taylor Heineke. Let's go. Yeah. No, that division is, is in a weird spot. I mean, I think I think they get two teams. And if you had told me that. I'm so excited year, now. Holy shit. That <sighs> two NFC East teams would make the playoffs. I've been like, no fucking way. Oh, yeah. It no, feels try. very, very real at this point that that's going to happen. Yeah, with the Vikings trending down, the Falcons can't seem to find their footing. The Panthers yeah. have... The Panthers look really good and then really bad. Bad and yeah, yeah, they're all over the map. The Niners lost the game to the Seahawks. This Cam's is... back and then he's back. back. Yeah. yeah. Well, you want to jump into pump the brakes? Bring it on. All right, I've got a weird one to start us off with. You have to pump the brakes on one of these scenarios: Kyler Murray for MVP or TB12 for MVP. I'm pumping the brakes on Kyler Murray. Okay. He's missed a couple games. He's missed four. It was supposed to be one. All of a sudden, it was four or five. I think he's only missed two, actually. I think it's got to be at least three. Because I'm on my fantasy team, and I'm like, I'm sick of starting Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan. Please, God, get healthy. Okay. But Maybe I'm wrong. Tom Brady's looked amazing. He's going to be the oldest league MVP in league history. Um, yeah, I would hope so. There, Yeah, there's no effing way somebody else has won one. Oh, he's only played eight games. You're right. So, I... Uh, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady at this point for a game, for an award, for a stat category. He's done it all. He's done it all multiple times, and he does it all well. So, I mean, the Bucks have got to get their things together. They've stumbled a little bit here and there since their win over the Bears a couple weeks back. But I don't know. It all kind of depends on how these seasons finish out as well. Uh, I think how the teams finish – is going to be a big factor as well in this. This is yeah. going to be the first time where you see like wins and losses are going to matter to the MVP race, I think, this year. They've always mattered. I think they're going to matter a lot more this year. Yeah. The reason I'm not willing to put Kyler Murray out of the discussion is, yeah, he's not going to have the yards there, but in touchdown passes, he's 11th right now with 19. I think if – and he had four touchdowns against the Bears – so if he has a couple more games like that against the Bears, he's in a really, really, really good spot um, to to climb that ladder pretty quickly. So I, I don't know if I'd count him out. I, I kind of agree with you. I would take Brady over Murray here. I just, I'm just saying want to put it out there in the ethos. Don't sleep on Kyler Murray just yet. He's not he's Definitely not, not dead in the water, but I do think there are better candidates along the way. So next up. Next one I got for you. The Bills will miss the playoffs. Ooh. Now, let me let me let me run you through the situation here. 
So right now in the AFC, the Bills are currently the seventh seed. Good um, lord! At seven and five, too. Seven and five, they're Jesus. the seventh seed. Um, who's in front of them? L.A. Chargers at seven and five. Cincinnati Bengals also at seven and five. Who's behind them? Pittsburgh at six five and one. The Colts at seven and six, and the Raiders at six and six, and then the six and six teams. Um, the reason that I'm a, I'm a little worried. Who who are the two wild card teams in front of them again? The Chargers, uh, Chargers, and Bengals. Jesus. Okay. Continue. So, I mean, now now I mean, at this point, I've given you, I've laid out the the road work for you. What do you What are your thoughts? I was gonna pump the brakes, but now I'm I'm considering it. It's one of those spots where, like, you know, you're like. The light turns yellow and like you th- you press the brakes, but then you're like, ah, I can make it. I can make it, but then like by the time you make the decision, you have to stop. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think I'm gonna stop. I I, mm, I don't know, man. They're in a really dangerous spot. Like like we said, I just talked about them probably losing the division at this point. There is a very very because you have your four division champs, so you have New England, Baltimore. Tennessee and um, Kansas City. Kansas City. I think the the Colts are going to make the playoffs, and they're not in right now. They're on the outside. They're on the outside. So somebody's got to fall out, and I think it's either going to be the Titans or the Bills at this point. I think I I was about to say I think the ideal I think the best scenario for Buffalo. I don't, and I was mixed feelings on this one. Kind of coming. This into is. This. A lot better of a question than I thought it would be, and it's ten times a better question than it was last week. I, I you look at this, and because I agree with you, I don't think Pittsburgh has a real chance. No. It's hard to count them out, but I, I really don't think they're legit. There's no way. I really like the Colts, though. I think the Colts have a shot of they winning have, out. Yeah, there's no. I feel like they have to. The the problem that I see, um, the or the the situation, I think that works best for them. One, the Colts go Patriots, Cardinals, Raiders, Jaguars. So they got some tough games ahead of them. So they, they Colts could very well be uh, nine and seven at the end of this. Um, the thing is, is, I think nine and seven might win that division. Um, so I think the thing that gets the Bills in, and it, but it might not at the same time because they have the Jags, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. So the Tennessee's got some easy ones coming up. So the reason that but I it's think it's also Ryan Tano. So Right. So who knows? <laughs> so the reason that I think this is so tough is because you're in a spot where you're kind of hoping that the Colts almost come out and win that division and the and the Titans fall off hard enough, but they might not at the same time. So you might be kind of on the outside looking in, you know what I mean, at nine and seven. So it's it's a real it's a really tough spot, and the problem is too is the team that you're competing the most with is more than likely the Colts, and guess what? The Colts hold the tiebreaker over you. Yeah. So you've got to be really really careful. Like you lose to the Bucks and Patriots again, and you're putting yourself in hot water. You better hope the Colts lose the game at that point, because yeah. otherwise your team might be in trouble here. Yeah, they have to. They kind of are in a win now mode for the next two weeks. Yeah, you you can drop one of them, you can. But that means you better f like if they lose to the Bucks, they have to win out. Like they, there is no scenario where they make the playoffs if they lose two of these games. Yeah, I agree. Because 
There's a couple things. You well, lose to the I Bucks. Don't, I don't. I think if they lose two. I just think you lose control of your destiny at that point. Agreed. Yeah. I. You're betting on somebody else falling off Correct. harder than you did. Yes. And that's never never a recipe for success. Yes. No. Yeah. And with with having to play the Bucks and the Patriots, I just think it's it's tough. I really like Buffalo, and I think they're a playoff team. And it would be, and just the morale. Losing fourteen to ten on a team that threw the ball three times. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like the the, I think they'd be in a really bad spot no matter who that team was. The fact that it was a division rival that has now taken the first place in that division is insanity, nuts. So I I just something to keep in mind. Just keeping all the scenarios open. Again, here. who would have thought four weeks ago? And if I said the Bills will miss the playoffs or no. have a 50-50 shot at missing it. They beat the the, the Chiefs this beginning of the year and everyone's like, oh, they're Super Bowl favorites in the AFC East. They're in a, in a spot, or in the AFC, they're in a spot to miss the playoffs. I was like, there was, there was a point in time where they were not contenders. They were the favorite. This year has been the most volatile year far as the NFL. Like Player-wise, Team-wise, and the both. AFC, especially, you sit here and you go, "Man, I don't know who's going to win the AFC at this point." It's the AFC is, but I love it because both conferences are like that, but they're different. It's like yeah. which seven and five team shuts the door versus which six and six team or five and seven team can make it back in. The you know? the, the question, well, in the NFC, the 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 other thing that I'll the say, the wild card races that is. In the AFC, a wild card team could very well go on and be competing in a Super Bowl. In the NFC, I think it's I, I think outside of the fifth seed, I think the Rams. I think your top five seeds are your contenders. Are your contenders? So I think it's a Where, little bit more cut and dry there. But it, Buffalo could sneak in as a wild card team and still play in a Super Bowl, and that wouldn't be. It, it doesn't seem likely, but it's not impossible. Every single team in the AFC will have a chance at a Super Bowl ring. Hundred percent, which is crazy. Yeah, nuts. Uh, all right, next one I got for you. Garden Garter Minshew should stay the starter. I am going to pump the brakes. Okay. Um, he played well, not good enough to steal the job from Jalen Hurts, who's played extremely well. I think Jalen Hurts fits their play style a little bit more. The run offense opens up the RPO game, the read option game, allows yeah. them to run the ball more. So I would I would leave him in there. But I'll tell you what. If he sits for an extra game and Minshew stays, starts another game and go out and win and look good, you have to trade. I think you've got to trade Gardner Minshew in the offseason. You gave up a six-round pick to go get him. Go, Somebody will give a third for him, a fourth. You, you, can, so? get, you can get a return on investment there, in my opinion. Because I, I, think- I think you've answered the question that Jalen Hurts is your guy. Yeah, I think I think so too. If if I'm the Eagles, I'm not even sniffing a quarterback for next year. I mean, at least if it's me. I mean, maybe they will. But yeah, I think Garden Minshew. I don't. It's so weird because I don't think any teams will be like the Broncos were this year, where I could see somebody trading for him and being like, "Okay, we're going to give this guy a chance to start." Yeah, I feel like the the year to get a second chance was this year, and I yeah. don't think there's going to be many next year. Like, yeah, it's going to be harder next year. There's going to be more spots filled, and the spots that you might have a shot are probably in your division. Right. Like if Taylor Heineke flops out and they ditch him, Washington would be open. But, again, I don't know if they'll trade him in division. Washington will probably draft a quarterback before they, they go bring somebody else in. I, I would so. guess. The Giants maybe in their, their year, like they yeah. could bring in him. That, that would be a spot. They bring him in behind Daniel Jones. They bench him halfway through the year. And then give him but, a shot. But, again, yeah. that's in division. You just every team seems to already have a plan or will draft a quarter. The quarterback. The Steelers would be an interesting spot, and I would – 
absolutely hate to see that, but I don't know. I don't think the Steelers can. can it's not a Steelers move. It's not. It's not big well, enough. Eh. Steelers are either going to completely reset and draft a rookie QB, or they're going to make a big splash. I think one of. I don't. I just can't see them drafting a QB either, though. I think so. I think they will. They have actually, to. yeah, it is a Steelers move. Why would you take a quarterback in a year with good? In a year that has a good quarterback class, you want to wait till the next year when there's yeah no quarterbacks. We'll we'll see. I I mean, I I don't know. I have such mixed feelings about it. I don't know. I think he's one of those guys. He's gonna be if he's not a starter, he's gonna be a top five backup. He sh- is a top five backup. Yeah, I I would say like I would take him over. I mean, he's Colt McCoy s to me. You know, somebody's gonna come in win you four or five games and then. And then you put your he is back what in. what Teddy Bridgewater did in New Orleans, you know yes. what what Jimmy Garoppolo slash Jacoby Brissett slash Brian Hoyer did in, in New England. England, yeah, yeah. It's this is a spot where I wish Mac Jones wasn't doing so well because I feel like he could go into New England and be a he's he's an a, animal. The problem is he's too big of a personality to fit in New England. Hundred percent, it, yeah, would, it wouldn't mesh very well. But I don't know if if I could see a clear path. For him, I'd be like, yeah, I see him being a starter next year. But the problem is I don't see – I don't look at anyone and go, I, I think three quarterbacks are going to be taken this year, and I think a bunch of quarterbacks will move. Maybe he ends up in Seattle. Maybe – you know what I mean? There's a lot of there's a lot of people that are saying that there's a possibility that no quarterback will go in the top ten picks this year, and I mm-hmm. think that's insanity. Yeah, there's there's a chance of it. I Who mean, – who went after Goff? Was it Wentz and Goff that went one and two? Yeah, right? it was Wentz and Goff that so, year. So – I that that draft class is the number one reason why I will never ever ever buy the hype that there will not be a quarterback taken in the top ten because both of those picks were enormous reaches in my opinion and they mm-hmm. looked for the first three years you're like I was wrong these guys are an animals yeah, but Carson look at him. Wentz was almost an MVP after his third year and Jared Goff made a Super Bowl but now look at him ones on the one in ten lines and Carson Wentz has played okay this year but yeah. nowhere near as good as you should be as a number two overall pick. Carson Wentz is kind of a what if if he didn't get hurt that season like what what that would have done and I think another thing is what if the Eagles didn't make the Super Bowl. Right. How hard is that to like do your job, be playing at an MVP level and then watch some other dude host hold up a Super Bowl trophy in your job like and win Super Bowl MVP in your job. Yeah, that's that's tough to watch. That is that is mentally degrading at its finest. So I I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. It's it's every year this happens. Every year they think it's a down year for quarterback classes. It's like oh yeah, there and won't be that many shots. guys. And then every year it's like Kyler Murray's year. It was like oh, outside of Kyler Murray, there's not a lot. And then it's like okay, Daniel Jones snuck into the top ten, and Dwayne Haskins fell to fifteen. Like mm-hmm. it. it there will always be a quarterback that goes to the top ten. It's just such a highly valued position that yeah, somebody somebody will sneak. I I don't think it is the philosophy of if that's your guy, you go get him. Uh, yeah, I don't care if Mel Kiper thinks you reached. If that's your guy, you go get him. I I think after and Kenny, no price tag is too high. Kenny Pickett played well enough in the AFC or the ACC championship game that. I mean, he'll probably. I think he ends up being the top ten guy. He's got to be careful not to blow his knee out with a fake slide on the way there. Gosh, it was the. I love that play, but watching it in slow mo, I'm like, that is fucking dangerous. And then I think there's isn't there some quarterback from a school you've never heard of that's a top five kid again? Malik Willis, probably. Yeah, Um, I think so. I I honestly the top quarterbacks that I can name off the top of my head this year 
Spencer Rattler was supposed to be one. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. Desmond Ritter was the guy that was talked about a lot. Malik Willis was the unknown guy that you're talking about. Where did he go to school? <sighs> Somewhere in Louisiana, I want Yeah, to Louisiana say. Tech, I think. Okay. Um, Keaton Slovis in USC, mm-hmm. which Didn't another guy that did not pan out. And then there's one more that I can never remember. Okay. Um, that may be it, mm-hmm. but... I know Kenny Pickett's been on some watch some watch list. Yeah, he's definitely up there. He, yeah, I mean, I would be surprised in the next five years if there if there if there if you I would always take the bet that there will always be a quarterback taken in the top ten for the next five or ten years for for a until the game changes forever. Yeah, you know, like obviously, like it's one it of those could things. Evolve. Yeah, yeah, where like back in the day in the NBA, it was you took a big before, but now it's like if he shoots the three well. He's worth a lottery pick. All right. Like, so the game changes, but as of right now, there will be a quarterback in the top ten. And I'd go on a limb and say in the top five. And they'll reach. I mean. All the time. That's Jake Locker. There should be no quarterbacks taken in the top ten, top 15 this year. But there will be because yeah. that's what the position means. Yep. So into the last one. What do we got? All right. Bill Belichick should be coach of the year. I'm not going to pump the brakes. I think. Let me. Let me. Okay. If you're not pumping the brakes, that let's just go ahead. Coach of the year and exec of the year. Do they do exec of the year in the NFL? I don't know. They might not. They, they can. He can win the Owen Show exec of the year. <laughs> yeah, um, he should win both. It's hard. The only my only argument against exec of the year is that he kind of handed some duties off, so he wasn't in charge. He but I think he that, didn't draft. Yeah. He didn't do a lot of the drafting this Which, year. Which, I mean, that takes an exec to be like, I suck at this. But, <laughs> you take this over. <laughs> but besides, like, not being, I mean, besides, I mean, outside of Mac Jones, like, it hasn't been a I'm super. I'm still, I've, I'd be so pissed if I was Tom Brady to leave, and then that's when they go spend all the money. Well, they. It, like, motherfucker, I've been, I've been taking pay cuts my entire career. You didn't fucking bring anybody here. So, the, I mean, but if you look at what they brought in, they brought in. I have such an issue with this stance that a lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe they now they decide to go all in. Well, one, we were fucking pretty in a pretty rough cap spot because they were going all in because we got Mohamed Sanu and cut him, you know what I mean, the following yeah. season. And, I still don't know why you signed Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. And we're, you know what I mean, going out and spending all this money. This offseason, though, the cap was down and we had a lot of money. So Belichick was able to go out and get guys for deals. That's what he's all about. Judon was a deal. Judon 100%. was a deal. And I think Henry or Smith would have been beautiful, but I'm confused by paying both of them So the lot. reason that it works is Judon is great outside of the red zone. So he gives us an athlete. We hand the ball off to him. You know, he's a great big target for Mac Jones for when we're trying to push the ball downfield. Or, you know, he's somebody that you can throw the ball to in the short field, and then he can make it. He can turn a, a one-yard reception into four, five, six, seven, and that's exactly who you want to put around Mac Jones. Talking about Johnny Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Johnny Smith, yep. I mean, you could say that for Kendrick Bourne. You could say that for Nelson Aguilar. Like, there's a reason that they went out and got those types of players right now because that's perfect. And then you go get Hunter Henry, who has been an absolute beast in the red zone this year. It provides Keep that, him healthy, yeah. that give and take of we're not solely reliant on one guy. But – those are the kind of guys that Belichick loves. What position do they target in the first round this year? I think wide receiver. I think it's got to be, right? I, I can't. It's a decently solid receiver class, too. Assu- assuming there's we, not a superstar, but there's a lot of guys that should go in the first and the second. Assuming assuming J.C. Jackson stays, 
Um, it's true. And, and McCordy stays. Uh, I I mean, besides secondary, I mean, I mean, just depends on what's there. I mean, maybe a pass rush. A lot of our offensive linemen are up this year. You guys usually go best player available. Christian Barmore is such an effing it's, steal. It's so hard to sit here and say I'm because so I have no idea who the f- like. You say that he's like you guys normally go best available. I don't know. The guy took Kyle Duggar. Yeah, I was like Kyle Duggar did get picked. I just that was literally the first name I thought of after asking. And I the and I sat there and I went who who who. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the New York media boys. Or yes, broadcast boys. On broadcast TikTok. boys. Yeah, love them. Who? But yeah, Kyle Duggar. I was like, who the hell is this? D three. And then like you know you're watching the draft and they're like. They're like, oh, yeah, we had Kyle Duggar rated as, like, a fourth round. I'm like, Bill took him in the second round. And then, like, there's games where I'm like, oh, I see why Bill took him in the second round. Like, he fits, like, Bill's He went to a D3 pro day to watch that kid. Yeah. That's insane. That's who Bill Belichick is. Like That is – and we talk about, like, that being the most Patriots win of all time. That is the most Bill Belichick story of all time. Yeah, just – I was just like, we took who right now? That's who we went after? I love and I hate the Baltimore best player available strategy. It it, It's – it's nice. The thing it is, always works, but it just pisses me off because it's never usually what I want. Well, when we sense. took Sony Michelle in the first round, that felt like a move to try to make Brady happy. Didn't pan out. Didn't pan out. Try to take a big back to you know give Brady another weapon to play with and another Georgia back. Exactly, and it just it just didn't pan out for us. So I I mean I don't know, but yeah, I I hate that philosophy of like now you go well we had the money. Everybody was at cheaper prices than they probably should have been. Matt Judon right now looks like the fucking steal of free agency. Like I said, I would have paid Matt Judon that much money, but he was asking for a whole hell of a lot more before we franchise. We got a top 10 pass rusher that we're paying like he's a top 20 pass rusher. Yeah. And that's and that's and that's just who Belichick likes to go out and get. And he likes to get guys that fit to do a certain role. Right? Like Jamie Collins. Kyle Van Noy, like these guys that just go other places, they don't work, and they come back and they work here for whatever reason. All right, we got way off topic there. But it is what it is. That's what, like we said, that's what we do best. That's we're apparently very talented at this. So, and we're not gonna. We're already at ninety minutes here, ninety three minutes. We're gonna have no time to talk about Lincoln Riley this episode. Yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> All right, we're gonna kind of run through our preview for Week Thirteen. Does that sound right? Or am I off a week here? Preview for the upcoming week, which yeah, is, week thirteen, which is week thirteen. Is that right? Because we're we're reviewing week twelve, right? Is that what we said? That's what we said. Is that correct? Is what I'm asking. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess um, no. Last week was week thirteen. This is next week is week fourteen. Wow, the season's flying by. It is. I'm so sad. All right, previews for week 14 here. Um, Rams, Cardinals, uh, obviously super important. Second matchup of this. Uh, who are you picking? Um, this is tough. So we're adding pickems into this now. Yeah. We got to – do we want to do score predictions, just win winners, losers? Winners, losers. I, I mean, we're not gambling. Like, this isn't a gambling podcast, so I'm not going to go <laughs> Put like, money on this. Yeah, with the line. Hammer the under. Um – I I suck with all the gambling stuff too, so I'm glad we're not. Um, Rams Cardinals, man, I want to pick the Rams because I do think they're the better team. But they've if there's any team that is trending in the wrong direction outside of the Dallas Cowboys, it is the I almost said St. Louis Rams, the L.A. Rams. 
I'm going to go with my gut and pick the Rams in a rebound game. Okay. Here. Um, That's, I, I kind of wanted to do the same thing. They've been trending in the wrong direction. They're, I think they've lost like three of four now. Um, but again, we just talked about it. It's still a Super Bowl contender, I think. Yeah. Still going to be the five seed, if not the four seed. I I, re- I wanted to do what you were what you said there is just this is the game that the Rams kind of bounce back. I feel like everyone's down on Matthew Stafford at this point, so I feel like if there was a game to go out and ball out and show like, hey, I'm worth this. We're re- we're a real team. This would be it. Um, this that, is the game, I think. You went out on a limb, so therefore I'm not going to. I'm going to go ahead and take the Cardinals and uh, walk away and be pretty happy with that, especially with the way Kyler Murray played against the Bears. Next game we got is 49ers and Bengals. Mm. A lot of playoff implication here. 49ers on the outside looking in. The Bengals are trying to hold on to their spot. Both teams trying to bounce back from an ugly loss. Yeah, that was one, not a good loss for either team. One was a close game. One was a blowout. Yeah. Um, uh, it's at the end of the day, I'm going to bet on the quarterback that I think is going to get it done, and I will never in my life bet on Jimmy G. So I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm going to go 49ers here. Wow, we're I mean, honestly, we're kind of naturally disagreeing a little bit. That's what it is. I the reason I like the Niners going into this game, I like Kyle Shanahan over Zach Taylor. Hundred percent, I agree. And I think. I like the way that the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball against the Bengals. Now, that being said, I'm also kind of on the flip side. I think the Bengals might shred that 49er secondary. So I could see this game going either way, but I I like the Niners for some reason. I think this is a close game. I think think both of those games potentially could be really, really good games. If I had to give like a score prediction, I'm not going to put a number, but like any type of prediction of how this game goes. I don't want to try to think of a number, but this is a game that's close for four quarters, and mm-hmm. then one team kind like, of slips away. Two touchdown, away. two touchdown garbage time stretches it to like forty-one to twenty-one, like type game. In my, opinion. it's like it's like twenty-four twenty-one, and then all of a sudden in six, the last six minutes, I just two touchdowns close. go up, and it looks a lot worse than it was. Uh, next game we got is Bills Bucks. I know who I'm taking in this. I'm taking the Buccaneers so. again. Not going to bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm going to bet with the quarterback, and I'm betting Tom Brady. I don't think this game is going to be very close. I mean, Buffalo's defense did not look good against the Patriots, and uh, the Bucks' offense is much better than the Patriots' offense. So uh, this game could get ugly quick. Um, Who knows? The Bills have a lot to come back. There's a lot of haters and a lot of naysay going on with them, so maybe they'll they'll want to make a big push here and, and go for something big, but... I don't think this is the game that they do it in. Agreed. Yeah. All right. NBA. Let's uh, let's we jump into it. that. We made it. We made it. <laughs> not with time the, to spare. Not 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 within the time frame that we're we really want to be in. But um. So let's talk about Chicago. How long we think they can hold on to their top spot? Uh, they're. I mean, we talked about it a little bit early on. They they were on a hot streak. They were like a top four seed. I think they're still sitting in second in the East right now. Yeah. Um, I think they're behind uh, Washington still, aren't they? Yes, I believe so. Which, again, I, that's a team we should have talked about holding their effing spot. That's Oh, just kidding. The Nets are in first. Washington's fell off, actually, haven't yeah, they? They're yeah, like the Washington's ninth seed fifth, now. yeah. Fifth, fifth, yep. okay. Too much. Um, Man, I don't know, Chicago. They're just they're. It just looks like a when you look at the roster. I'm like, there's nothing that I'm terrified of. But this team is just gelling. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, I 
Lonzo Ball's playing well. DeMar DeRozan is being a good leader. Zach Levine is electric as ever. Alex Caruso leads the league in steals. Yeah. Nikola Jokic is on this team. I just, like, I'm like, nothing hops off the page, but this is it. It's one of those things where, like, you look back at, like, the Cavs in the 90s. You're, like, 60 wins, but Craig Elo was the best player. But, like, right. I was an effing team. This looks like an effing team to me. This The Bulls team reminds me a lot of last year's Knicks, where the team kind of just came together and really didn't have, like... A couple guys were playing above of what they normally play at. You know what I mean? Lonzo mm-hmm. Ball is playing better than he normally plays. Um, they're kind of rising to the occasion. I think they ultimately fall to the middle of the pack, I would guess. you know, I think they're probably a five, five six seed, seed, five, six seed, somewhere in there, more than likely. But just still a massive win for what we thought. Yeah, no one thought they were going to be the two seed this far into the year. I I, I would not have guessed that. I think we both put them at like six or seven when we yeah, did ours. I, I think so. I can pull it and look, but yeah, I think they they were somewhere in there. Um, the Suns, how long can they hold on to the two seed for? I don't know, man. I feel bad for Suns fans because at twenty and four, they really should be the one seed. But the Warriors <laughs> have just found a way to absolutely destroy teams without Clay Thompson. They're going to get him back going forward. Um, I, I was I was completely wrong on the Suns. I thought they would have finals hangover. And take a step back. Yeah, and I thought they would take a step back, and they've honestly done the opposite. They've played. They've matched. They ripped off play. like an 18-game win streak. Yeah. So uh, I think they beat their franchise record for longest win streak, which dates back to like Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. So with that team, to me, it really I think health is going to be what derails them. Because yeah. I think they're an injury away from going from the two seed to the eight really fast. And I don't think it matters who gets hurt. I think one of their top three guys goes down. They are in trouble. Which, I mean, you could say that about Steph. But mm-hmm. I'm saying DeAndre Ayton goes out. They take a step back. DeAndre Ayton played well last year. He's playing amazing this year. Yeah. He's, he's played well above his stations. <clears throat> Which JaVale McGee <clears throat> will play extremely well and fill in. But you, you're going to lose the depth then. Because JaVale can't come off the bench and be the right. guy off the bench. So... I, I like the Suns. I like what they're doing, and it's just—it's all about consistency in the league. Can you do it for eighty-two games? I like their chances of holding on better than Chicago's, um, just because. I mean, Devin Booker has played really damn well as well. Mm-hmm. So I like—I like Phoenix to still finish in the top three at this point in the year. I like—I like everything about their situation. They're—they're they're in a good spot. The problem is I just don't think they're as good as the Warriors, and the Warriors are only going to get better. Klay Thompson is to the point where he's at least playing, but or he's playing, but he's not playing in games. He's practicing, and he's trying to build that endurance and get back in shape. Yeah. I, I'm I'm excited to see Klay back on the court. I love Klay Thompson, so seeing him healthy again is going to be a, a huge win, I think, for the league in general. I would agree. As much as I may not like the Warriors and everything, but it is what it is. It's easy to hate a team that's good. I don't. I don't hate any teams in the West Conference, Western Conference. I don't. I just don't acknowledge. Do you them. hate any teams in the Eastern Conference? Out of curiosity. Oh, um, actually, funny you bring that up. <laughs> I was like, I feel like this might be a decent segue. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect segue. <laughs> Knicks beat the Hawks. I know we're about a week behind on this. Um, Trey Young is a bitch. Say it. I mean, hey, man. 
We're bing bong. That's bing all bong. I have to say. I was so happy that we won that game. I was watching. That's the Super Bowl right there. I was watching that game with such anxiety. I was like, my God, if we don't win this game, this game is going <laughs> to bug me for the rest of my life. It's it's like it's it's Baltimore losing to the Steelers. Like it is. I could care less if it was a blowout or the two point conversion. It happened to the Steelers. That's what sucks. Knicks have been disappointing so far this year, but thank God we beat the Hawks. And long as we finish better than the Hawks, that's all that really matters to me. Yeah, the Heat have taken a step back a little bit. Um, Jimmy Butler's missed a couple games, so they've dropped back a little bit as well. So both of our teams taking a step back a little bit. But like I said, the Knicks, my love for the Knicks has definitely been sparked since we've started the show. I, I hate that I love this team so goddamn much, but... I, mean, I hate that my love is growing for them again. I, I just I sit here and I look at this roster and I go, you know, we're better than eleven and twelve. We're 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 definitely a playoff team. Um, we're better than Cleveland for sure, without any question in my mind. You think like right now or in the long run? In the long run, okay. I, even right now, I think we're better. I just uh, the records don't reflect it. Um, the East is just in a weird spot slightly because. I mean, Charlotte Hornets are playing really well for how that roster is constructed. I don't know if that will hold up long term. I don't think Cleveland has any legitimacy to them whatsoever. So I think they'll they'll fall out very quickly. Um, the Wizards are obviously playing better than most people thought, but they've kind of sank back to the middle of the pack. I I see them as a team like we were kind of talking about with with Chicago. They're in the top tier right now, and they're going to sink back to the middle. I think Washington is another team that is in the middle right now that will sink back down to the bottom. At least that's what they should. Yeah. Who knows, man? Tis a crazy 82 games. The funny part to me is looking at my NBA predictions and everything. I didn't think Brooklyn would be this good without Kyrie, and boy was I wrong. I didn't think the Suns would be this good. I was uh, I sold on a lot of teams that I guess I shouldn't. I really didn't like Miami that much, and they played – Tyler Hero, of course, is having a great season. So it's one of those things. It's it's tough to sit here and and try to figure out how the NBA season goes because year to year it can be such a wild variance in the team. There is as much as as much as the parity and like everybody talks about the league's more fun when it's wide open versus it's not or whatever your opinion on it is like. It changes a lot year to year. And that's the thing. It's another thing about having 82 games. It's the same thing as baseball. Like, you could have an 18-game win streak, but just as easily the Suns could go on an 18-game lose streak by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That could well within happen this year. You could go both sides of that spectrum. Now, granted, right. a lot of things would have to go wrong for them to have an 18-game lose streak at this point, but it's not impossible. Yeah, you know? that's true. So how much time do we have out of curiosity? Uh, let me look here. Let me take a peek. See, because oh. I might, I don't know. I might have a second question. If we get through everything, I've got some. We got fifteen minutes, so I think 15? we got time. Okay, something you want to dive into? Kind of, but I want to get through what we have. Okay, I want to at least get through the first one. Okay, question of the day. We've got two of them, so it's going to be questions of the day. Yeah, I might um, tack a third one in the middle, but okay. So, best role player of all time. So essentially. They can be an all-star level player. They can be a starter, but they can't be the guy. So um, I'm not going to say the example that comes to my mind immediately because it would kind of ruin your pick here. But uh, why don't you give yours and then... 
So assuming you're sticking to your guns, I, you I was I was thinking of a guy that wasn't an all star. Dennis Rodman was one mm-hmm. that definitely came to my mind. I think he's wildly underrated. I think he's been wildly underrated because a lot of I feel like he gets caught in the middle of the goat debate where mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of Jordan fans, try to bring down what he did. So it looks like it was a two man show versus LeBron, usually having two supporting stars right. versus Jordan's one. Listen, in the era of the big man playing against. Um, David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, all these guys. Dennis Rodman led the league in rebounding from 1991 to 1998. Every single year he led the league in rebounds. Yeah. At 6'7". This guy was an animal. He is pound for pound the best rebounder of all time. He may he probably is just the best rebounder of all time outright. Right. I would agree. Yeah, I don't so, think that's crazy. That's my non-all-star pick. Well, I, you say I'm going to have to think of another guy that wasn't the main guy. Well, I, so I th- I don't think he's I think he's a perfect example because I would say Jordan and Scotty were the main guys and he I mean I guess he I didn't realize he wasn't an all star he never he was that surprised me I was like I get it it's not flashy I mm-hmm. I see the stat lines the zero zero twenty eight games but like there is no better teammate as as a selfish ball handler there's no better teammate you could ever have mm-hmm. there is there is no player in the NBA today. And I don't think there will be one for the rest of time that is ever going to be okay with going out and getting 10 to 20 boards, not taking a single shot, and he'll be happy at the end of the day. Night, yeah. Never going to happen again. I went with Robert Ori uh, just because of all the big shots that he hit for the Spurs, for all the, the big shots he hit for the Lakers. Big shot Bob. Big shot Bob. Like, he he was one of those guys that was, like, just was somehow always there in the big moments when he was needed. Derek Fisher's another guy that comes to mind. Speaking of the Lakers. Yeah, Derek Fisher's a good example. I would also argue, like, Mono Ginobili is somebody who was 100%. a great role player for the Spurs for all those years. See, like, you couldn't pick Tony Parker or... He's Tim such Duncan. a good role player that he was considered part of a big three. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. That's insanity. Like, he, he to me, wasn't ever going to be the guy on a team, but a great person to have on that. I think one of the most underrated ones kind of in, in the league in general is Kyle Cover. Kyle um, Cover, yeah. I Like, he is such a great shooter that I think it's under underrated. And he always – but the problem was he never played on, like – he always played for teams at the wrong time. Like when he was a Buck, like the Bucks sucked, so it wasn't like he played for the sixty win Hawks in twenty fifteen. Remember the the yeah. Jeff Teague, Paul, the true sixty win. No, I mean they had four All Stars actually. Did they? But yeah, it was Jeff Teague, Paul Millsap, Al Horford, Kyle Korver, and Damari Carroll was their starting five. Wow. And everybody outside of Damari Carroll made the All Star game. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, those those guys were just. But again, couldn't get past LeBron. In the long run. Yeah. That is what it is. Um, yeah. He's one of those guys that I always wish he had played with LeBron at some point in his career. I know he played with them in Cleveland. He goes for a year. He played yeah. with him in Cleveland. Yeah. He always felt like the perfect guy to be around LeBron because LeBron just wants a guy who's going to be open, catch and shoot it. And I was like, oh, man, that's such a great fit. Yeah. And he didn't and he, play. It was beautiful for that year. I'll tell you what. It was pretty to watch for that year. Um Robert Covington's another guy that I love. I love me some Robert Covington. Okay. Um, PJ Tucker is a good role player. I I Robert Covington's probably my favorite role player in the league. I think right now, okay. if I had to pick one right now, I would probably go with. Oh, I hate to even say this, but I really like Cam Reddish on the Hawks. I think he's yeah. one of those guys that like he, when he hits free agency, he's gonna find a a bigger role. Otto Porter Jr. is another guy I mm-hmm. I liked a decent bit. Three and D. Anybody that's gonna 
You're six eight. Shoot the three. Play defense. Yeah, that's that's like that's the definition of a role player on a championship caliber team. I'm I'm forgetting the the other role player that I wanted to mention was the big that played with LeBron, uh, Igadelius or whatever. It's Andreas Il- Ilgauskas. Yeah, I always felt like he was underrated in how big of a role that he. I actually think he played. played. He he made two All Star teams from what I remember. It was one or two. It's also re- kind of weird to look at the All Stars that made the All Star game because of how LeBron elevated them in Cleveland. Right. Yeah. Because he made two All Star games and. Um, there's a point guard that made an all-star game out there, too. Um, I'm going to smack myself when I think of him. But, like, Jameer Nelson made an all-star game in mm-hmm. uh, when he played with Dwight Howard in Orlando, It wasn't Del too. Dova or someone, was it? No, it wasn't Del- Delhi. It was back in the, the first Cavs stint. Oh, so it wasn't DeLone West or someone random No, it like wasn't Delonte either. I'm going to have to Delonte look now. Delonte West, yeah. Mm. I'm gonna no. I'm not gonna look now because we're just gonna. I'm gonna sit here for dead silence and <laughs> five minutes yeah. trying to dig this out. Nah, I'm not gonna. T- it'll come to me eventually. Okay. okay. Probably after the mics are off, but it is what it is. So, um, my question now. I'm curious. Do you think the league is better? Kind of a two parter. The league as a whole, and then the finals itself is better. Is it more entertaining when I get to watch Cavs Warriors or Heat? You know. Mm-hmm. When I get to watch Cavs Warriors three times in a row, or is it more fun when the Bucks and the Suns come out of nowhere and make it? Is it fun when the league is more uh, exciting, or when it is there are two obvious championship caliber teams? I, 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 and the problem I have with this question is I think it's somewhere in the middle. So I think it's really fun when you have four great teams rather than six good teams that are going to make the finals every year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's entertaining to watch the same. Like, the three years that the it was the Cavs and Warriors, I don't think was great. I don't think it was good for the league just because it wasn't entertaining enough. Besides the one year that it was almost a fluke that the Cavs won it that year. And I still have no idea how the fuck they did that. But Still the greatest finals performance of all time by any single player ever. Yeah, I have no idea how they beat that team. But And then they brought in Kevin Durant. I don't think it's <laughs> great when you have random teams. Like, no offense to the Bucs, but there isn't – Giannis doesn't have the draw because he's in Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it's really good when you have I, – I hate to be that – I'm, like, too young to, like, pull it back to the 90s. But, like, in the 90s when – so you had the Bulls and Knicks in the East that were always really entertaining because you want the Eastern Conference Finals to be good, the Western Conference Finals to be good, and then have a good Finals. Yeah. And that's your ideal scenario is two really good teams in the East, two really good teams in the West. Yeah. And then you get some combination of those four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about what's your what's your take on it? See, I'm I my answer is also somewhere in the middle, but it's different. Like I did enjoy the the back and forth battle for the Cavs and the Warriors a tad bit. Mm-hmm. I hated how it ended. I hated that LeBron stole one in the greatest finals that ever was, and then they brought in Kevin Durant because I was like, God, that's just it ruined it. And you're like, now I'm right. like, fuck it, because it's not like it's not entertaining anymore. And the Cavs are going to run the East, but it's just because of LeBron James. They go to a 20 win team without that guy, right? Um, but also like watching the first three games of the Bucks Sun series was also some of the best basketball I've watched in a very long time. Like. Watching the chess match between those two teams, especially games one and two, and then the switch when Budenholzer finally was like, hmm, maybe I should change the game plan. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
oh, don't even get me started on that. That was like the worst coaching for a finals for a guy who won the finals. That was like maybe one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen throughout the playoffs. Yeah, they like I said, Kevin I, Durant wears a size 17 shoe instead of an 18 shoe. They don't make finals. Yeah, that is that's it's, your headline. That close. So and the nuts. fact that they could have just beaten up on James Harden and didn't bothered me. The fact that they like guarded James Harden as hard as it still bothers me. I still I don't like him as a coach. I really don't. I think he's schematically I think he's one of the worst coaches out there. Watching the Suns watching games one and two, I was like, are you gonna change anything? Yeah. They're absolutely destroying you on the exact same thing for sixty minutes. Do he, something. When he reacts, it's good reactions, but it takes him forever. He's like three or four games into a series before he's like, maybe we should try something different. And you're like, holy shit, thank God. Yeah, like Brooke Lopez is getting isolated and absolutely destroyed by Chris Paul and Devin Booker for two games. Right. The and pick they and roll get, is murdering they, us Yeah, right they now. get back to Milwaukee and they're like, maybe we should switch on screens. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they won four straight and won a title. Yeah, you're like... Yeah. Light bulb. Thank like, you. Yeah. Most coaches like are at halftime like, maybe we should try something different. He's like, man, we've lost. Like, we're, we're down. We're 0-2. We're down 0-2. <laughs> maybe we should do something different. Have we thought about maybe trying something different? <laughs> he drives me nuts as a coach. I can understand it, yeah. And and coaching basketball, like coaching in basketball is one of those weird things that is probably overvalued, I think, for the most part. Um, but having a good coach situationally can matter a lot. Matter like, a lot. If yeah. you don't have a LeBron to be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to react to these things. Here's how we're going to adapt. Like, Having a good coach is super important to be like, okay, this is how we handle this. You know what I mean? Like, It's for those, those games. It's the games that are not dominated by superstars where coaches are ever so important. Important, yeah. In that finals, coaching changed the series. Yes, absolutely. But if, if it was the Nets, it doesn't. Yeah. It's Kevin Durant, James Harden. That's They're driving that series. You can't, there's nothing that you can scheme to stop that. I yeah. can scheme to slow down Giannis, or I can scheme to outscore them defensively. You can't scheme around Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. You but, know. So you, you like the parody back then? I, I, I like it to at least – I do, but I think – I don't know. It's, it's weird. Okay. Like I like the parody, but I also like the other way as well. I like the dominance as well. Because it, it it's just a long term storybook. Instead of like the seven game series is the story of who who wins at Suns Bucks. Now it's a three series, three years, long term storytelling. Right. Who's gonna come out on top? Type the thing year. I'll say is it gets old, and it definitely can. And and for the general population, as they want different matchups, I think I'm like thinking back to like when it was most entertaining is when you would get Spurs Lakers at some point in the playoffs. And on the other side, you would get, I mean, and, the, and these timelines don't line up exactly, but like in an ideal scenario, I'd have peak Spurs play the peak Lakers. And I'm, and I'm saying post Shaq, not with Shaq because that wouldn't be as fun. But, and then on the other side, you'd have like peak Derek Rose versus peak LeBron in the East. And like that would be really entertaining to me. Have that for three or four years in a row, where you know maybe one year the Bulls somehow sneak out one over LeBron, and then you got the Spurs playing. You know what I mean? I think I think that would be. I think those matchups are fun, mm-hmm. um, just because it's fun to see different styles of basketball. I Again, mean, like yeah, watching the Suns and the Bucks. It who would have thought at the beginning of the year that that's the finals? 
You could see the Bucks, but it is surprising because they've fallen short in right. times past. And seeing the Suns there, you're like, holy hell, where did this come from? So, I don't know. The parody is fun, but I do love the long-term storytelling of a of a three-year matchup. Matchup. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. I do like the switch it up, though. Yeah. So, you don't want I, it to wanna... be too all over the place because then it's just not entertaining. Yeah, you have give teams me that a... people don't care about. Give me a Warriors Heat, a Warriors Celtics this year, and then we can get back to a dynasty See, type. It's weird set. to say, but it's like the Heat, if they were to make the finals this year, I feel like the ratings would be down because there's not a lot of Heat fans. Jimmy Butler isn't. There's not a, a superstar. There's not, yeah. They're, Jimmy Butler's a superstar, but he is, I love him to death. He's the lowest caliber of superstar there is. Like The market wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a big enough draw from the Miami market, and there isn't a superstar to draw the market. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Knicks could literally make it with no one, but all the country's going to watch because it's the Knicks. You know what I mean? And the Knicks fans are already bing bong. Bing, bing bong. They're already crazy enough that the ratings would probably be super high. And you know every game in Madison Square Garden would just be an absolute rock concert in the crowd. Like I think be... home court advantage in the NBA does not exist unless you're in <laughs> outside of Madison Square outside Garden. Outside of outside of Madison Square Garden and the Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. Because everybody knows that Knicks fan runs Barclays too. Yeah, right. Bing bong. Bing bong. No one's actually a Knicks and Nets fan. They're all Knicks fans yeah. that are just disappointed that they can't watch the Knicks anymore. Yeah, they're all Knicks fans that have decided to watch Kevin Durant because as fun as the Knicks are, they do like to watch a superstar. They said, and instead of taking the train up to Manhattan, we'll just take it to Brooklyn and we'll watch the Knicks play, the Nets play. Yeah. Um, we got a little bit of time. Let's let's try to squeeze this squeeze last, the last one, in. one in. Best throwback jersey of all time. So what's one mm. jersey that you wish a team wore that they stopped wearing? Um... um I've always been a fan. Obviously, the Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys are up there for most people. Yeah, I don't really like that one. You that's, really don't like those? Yeah, I know. That's a that's a favorite one of most people. Um, I like the old school Raptors with the the, the Raptor the on the Raptor. Front. On yeah, it that's that a Vince one. Carter won the dunk contest. That's I feel like a really cool vintage one. I like the Minneapolis. I like the the Laker the the Kobe Bryant Minneapolis Lakers jerseys back in the day. That like the, the all M- the all purple the all blue MPLS ones that they used to wear. Okay, I like those ones quite a bit. Um, I like their Los Angeles blue ones now, but I like the other ones better a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think. I wish OKC would have a Seattle throwback jersey, to be honest. I feel like that's kind of disrespectful, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I've always liked the Sonics, the Supersonics. You like, I don't really Never like thought green that and green and yellow would capture me, but I, it may just be I get wrapped up in the, the Seattle yeah. manifest of it all. Um, trying to think of another throwback jersey. I want to say like Nick Celtics, but they've never changed their jersey. Celtics have literally never changed their jerseys ever. Yeah. Um, I wish they would bring back more alternate jerseys. I know they do the the city theme. See, ones. yeah, but they're trying to make new stuff. It's right. okay to enjoy a retro every once in a while. Like. So, like, I I liked the St. Patrick's Day jerseys that the Knicks used to wear. I love those. I'm a big pinstripe. So, like, the Bulls and the Magic's pinstripe Stripes. stuff from the '90s and the early 2000s. I like those. I like the bit. old Magic's logo too. I thought that one was cool yeah. when they had Shaq and the ball was like going through like the lightning or whatever mm-hmm. the hell it was yeah i thought that was a cool look the bulls pinstar also the the red with the curse of chicago bulls jersey oh, yeah those are those are i like those um I'm trying to think the old timberwolves jerseys too the one that cat or not cat kg the kg used to wear back yeah, in the day those are cool 
What is if you had to pick one jersey where you're like, I hope to God I never see that jersey on a court ever again. <sighs> Least favorite of all time. I feel like I'm picking on the Bucks a lot. I really don't hate the Bucks this much. I, I like hate, their. I hate the Cream City ones. I hate them too. I like the old purple ones. The old purple one. Yeah, that the, the, buck. the purple with the Buck is cool. The Ray Allen ones. Yeah, the Cream City's horrible. Cream, um, the Cream City is awful. The name itself is awful. I hate. I hate all of those jerseys. I especially hate that one. I like their fear of the deer ones. The black one, the which black, is the logo on yeah, it. Yeah, the black Simple. one's cool. Black jerseys just look good. It doesn't. Notice newsflash. It doesn't yeah. matter what your color scheme or your logo is. Black jerseys look good. I I also feel I like, think every team should have a black jersey. In and I think they should do a throwback week where teams wear old jerseys. I my least favorite jersey has got to be the Heat's championship gold jersey from last year. I hate oh, you didn't a, like those? No. I feel like I'm watching the goddamn Pacers. I'm looking down at – it's like Heat Bucks, and I'm looking at a white Bucks jersey and a yellow – I'm like, yeah. am I watching the Indiana Pacers? This That's is – I yellow accent, they're like, oh, it's about them winning their title in 23rd. Uh, cool. Don't make it the main jersey color. Yeah. You can't – when has it ever worked where a team picked a jersey color that wasn't like their main or secondary or black and white? I or wish like a gray. I wish they brought back the sleeve jerseys. I thought those were kind of cool. I never was a huge fan of them. Really? It depends on how you execute it. There's the ones that just like had the just the chess logo, the yeah. numbers and the sleeves. I was like that looks ugly. Like I was, I like those. That was too simple to me. Like I'm thinking like LeBron with just the C, the, the Cleveland C. Yeah. Was, yeah, and then like I, remember I the the Celtics were gray and they had like a green stripe on the top of the shoulder. Yeah. I, I was never a huge fan of the sleeve. See, ones. I don't, I don't hate the sleeve jerseys. I don't know if I necessarily like want to bring those back, but I, I wish the NBA would do like okay '90s matchup and but like have matchups that would have mattered in the '90s. So have the Bulls and Knicks play and where they're. Not, I mean, I know there's no like huge drastic change to the Knicks. I think uniform. the Knicks. There was a point in time where the Knicks had like the black stripe on the side on yeah. theirs. I like those. Like there's been small give changes. Some, like give me something. Like yeah, do like old school matchups. Have like the Bucks and the 76ers playing but wear jerseys from like the 60s. Did you like the old Rockets, the pinstripe with the actual like rocket on it? On it, yeah. The the 2000s Rockets jerseys were crispy. Yeah. Throw that against like the Bulls. Give me a pinstripe game. And they and they did the bolder colors. They weren't just the red, they were like the blue with the red with the rocket. Like there yeah. was a lot of color going on there. Mm-hmm. I like those. Whereas now I feel like their jerseys are kind of lame. A tad bit. But. All right. I think. How are we doing? I was like, I feel like we got to be pretty close. Oh, God. We are over. We're we're five minutes over. So. Happens to the best of us. Honestly, if you listen to this whole thing, God bless you. God bless. I was like. We love you. Took the words out of my mouth. God bless you for listening to us ramble on for. Two hours and five minutes. We appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you guys. There's the support will never be appreciated enough. As much as we do, love you guys to death. Again, if you have questions, send them in. If you have ideas, you're like, hey, this segment's cool. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear you do this. Bring it on, man. If you want us to do over unders for our pickums, tell me. I'll study up and we'll do it. You know, so whatever whatever feedback there is, man. I love hearing from you guys. I love I love doing this. So the fact that people listen to it is still mind-boggling to me. Just a blessing in yeah. itself, right? Agreed. So thank you guys very much. Hope you guys had a good off week from us. Thank you for not being too mad with me from taking last week off. But back on schedule, here to stay. 
hopefully all the way through the Super Bowl and beyond that. So that's going to do it for episode 12. Week 14 of the NFL is next week. We'll see how our first edition of Pick'ems go. Um, we're going to leave it with that. Until then, have a good weekend. Have a good week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you guys then.